Good morning. It is Glenn Clark Radio. I would be Glenn. That would be Griffin. Allegedly, Drew will be joining us. Did we know if he did the thing that we said he had to do in order to come in this morning? I did not get a confirmation yeah, from that him on that. Yeah, that smells like he's trying to sneak around it, and I'm not okay with that. Because I got nothing else to talk What the hell am I going to talk to him about today? There was a what, tennis. What, 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 he likes tennis, doesn't he? No, I mean, he doesn't actually care. When does Coco start? What do you mean? When does Coco start? When she like? She, when is her, yeah, match? When's her match? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I thought it was like eight thirty. That's why I had it on when you got in here, and then I was like, oh, she's not playing yet. You only care about Coco Golf. Who else am I going to care about? I, I don't know. All of the tennis players. Yeah, like Coco Golf. She's one of them. Yes, you're right. She is a tennis player. That is, you figured that part out. I, I, I don't understand. You were. It, like, do you not like tennis, but only... I mean, I do I'm enjoy so tennis. I'm so confused about the obsession enjoy, with Coco Goff. Well, because she's good and she's American. She's good-ish. And, and she's a phenom. Kind of not anymore. <laughs> like, Okay, well, that's why I got to watch her to support her. Okay. So I can know that she's going to continue to be a phenom. I, I, look, man, I would like I would like nothing more than for Coco Goff to... Win, reach win all the slams. She did, of course, reach a final last year, so she did have at least one trip to a Here final. Here you are saying what? she's no longer she's an okay tennis player. I, I she's good ish. I she is a good tennis player. She's certainly deserving of being, you know, ranked in the top twenty, things like that. But she's not a championship caliber tennis player. And I get it, she's still nineteen. There's Bite your plenty, tongue. Still plenty of time for her to get to that point. And I Hope she gets there for what it's worth. How old was Serena when she won her first? Serena was 17, I want to wow. say, when she won her first. I mean, but comparing anyone, I, I think this is one of the, look, I don't know why we're doing this. Um, I I hate this because it feels like because, much like Sloane Stevens had to go through this, because Coco Goff is black, she's being, you know, compared to, no one's going to be Serena Williams. It's nonsense. Stop it. Serena Williams is not going to happen again. Stop. It's ridiculous. If Coco Goff wins like two Grand Slam titles in her life, she will have had an unbelievable career, far beyond any reasonable expectations. Because she came into our consciousness at such an absurdly young age with that run at Wimbledon, we have created absurd standards for her that are not in any world reasonable or legitimately possible. Now, again, she has backed them up to to an, an extent, even by just making one slam final. Like, just one slam final is enough to say, okay, it was worth putting the hype on her. She's that good. But if you ever thought that she was going to be a future Serena Williams, you're, you're insane. That's not going to happen. Well, for the tennis casuals like me... That's what draws me in. Okay. I would encourage you to watch all of the tennis players. They're well, very good. I don't have the tennis channel like I you do, so. What do. You mean you don't have the tennis channel? I don't have it. Well, you can't, you know, you can get it. Yeah, I like mean, it's I don't, don't want to. Whatever. Go get it. Coming up on the program today, we're going to go to Bowie. Uh, we're going to chat with Garrett Stallings. Just had a really nice start. Maybe he could start for the Orioles. Maybe, maybe that could be an idea next time they need it. And it's not in five days because they have a day off on Monday, and we'll see how they handle that, but. Next weekend when they need a starter again. Settle down over there. Turn his mic off until I'm ready for him. Also this morning, someone who's actually accomplished, Reed Wiseman. He's going to the moon. The moon! 
first, I did not know this. I didn't realize that it had been over 50 years since human beings had gone to the moon. Reed Wiseman is going to lead Artemis II for NASA. He is, of course, Baltimore's own. And went to Delaney. Reed Wiseman will check in with us this morning as well. Drew, can I ask you to slide to the right so the TV's not in the shot, and then we can then we can keep the camera on, or do you, or should we just leave the camera off? What? Yeah, well, that like, might be the better. Yeah. That might be the better for the options because I'm not turning. I, what I know I'm not doing is turning the TV off. Not during the French Open. That will not happen. Um, yeah, that's all coming up on the program today. But first, I don't. I've got a lot of questions about your appearance this morning because I said you weren't allowed in today unless you watched Ted Lasso. Well, I watched it. Why did? Why that response? What? This is a tough morning. Why? Did you watch the show last night? Oh, okay, I did. Is that really what you're reacting to? You're just sad about it? Just disappointed. Disappointed in the fact they didn't win the league or what? Uh, a little bit. I had them plus two and a half. Oh, that was a, that was a mistake. Um, eh, you know. They crawled out of that 2-0 hole. Down though. in the dumps. Because of a phantom Jamie you're, Tart penalty. Uh, oh, you're going you to war. watch yourself. You're going war on that. I don't understand. And I'm just very disappointed in uh, pitching. Well, yeah, that I would <laughs> that I would agree with. That. But you're disappointed because you you bet what? What did you bet yesterday? I didn't bet. I was busy yesterday. I didn't get the chance to bet. That's another yeah, thing. I wouldn't. I wouldn't it's another mo- thing I'm disappointed yeah, in. The moment they said that Keegan Aiken was starting, I probably would have chosen not to bet. In fact, if anything, I think it would have gone the other way in my choices about betting. I hope this isn't the. I hope this isn't the first crack. I'm trying not to overreact. Mm-hmm. I hope this isn't the first crack in the old shield here. John Mioli and I talked about that the other day. Like, you don't want to be over dramatic about this right now. But this is how but, it happens. Uh, like, it's this is not. I mean, when you look back at the at the way teams like, I don't. Even, I, I hate to even use that word. Like, when you look at the way teams collapse, it, it's never that they hit, 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 and then they stop hitting. Mm-hmm. They don't do that. Teams pitch, 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 and then all of a sudden everybody goes, I can't pitch anymore. Team, t- When you collapse, you always collapse because of pitching. I, it's never because of hitting. But I, look, you know, the pitching for the most part has been okay. It's, it, the funny, I, I, that's the what funny I'm thing. saying. I'm getting right. na- now, this is, and, right. and by the way, this is right around the time mm-hmm. you're rolling along for, you know, 10 weeks. In nine weeks, you're buzzing along, and then you, then you get a little – you know, then you get a crack. Mm-hmm. Then you go to another series. You get another little crack, and then all of a sudden, the middle of June comes, and you can't get anybody out. Correct. So I'm hoping that that's not what this is. But we we've given up, and I'm thinking back to the Texas series. You know, we've given up tw- twelve runs in two games. Um, even the other night when we were seven to one ahead, we're biting our nails at the end. Yeah, it's not a day that you would expect to have to use Yenny or Cano. Right. It's not a so, day that I. I you know, I'm still optimistic. I'm not. I, I do know. I do see that you get. This is what you get along the way, and you know you have the ebbs and flows of the season. But this is not looking great, considering that now we're one guy away. We're we're Bradish or Kramer or Wells grabbing their elbow away from mm-hmm. really being in trouble. So it's funny that you bring it up with the pitching because the bigger concern, I think, before last night had been that the offense had been a mess right. for the last week or so. And But if your offense is a mess, you 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 can still you can still cobble together three two wins and four three wins. You, you can, but that's a little bit unreasonable, I, right? I, I mean like I know that, you're negative. I get oh, it. Oh yes, I'm like, naturally negative. That's who I am. This is so disappointing last night. <laughs> now, did Ted 
right. And hang on. Did, we'll get back to it. We're going to talk about it. Trust me. We're going to talk about it. I have it. a lot of questions I about promise last night. You, I promise you we're going to talk about it. All they right? didn't sleep together, did they? We're going to talk about it. Chill for a second. I meant okay? Fred and the beard. Oh, yes. The was answer that, was that Coach Beard. Yeah. That wasn't a. I think that might have been. What I thought a, it was when I don't the know. three of them appeared, was I, it? I don't know. I don't know. It was a weird setup. Oh, it that was, was a really... It was a weird setup. Well, get... Chill! All right? All right. Chill. Let's talk about real sports. S- stop. Jack Nicholas stop. lighting up the live guys. What? Poor Jack. Senile Jack. Tearing into Brooks Koepka after uh, Koepka just well, won the PGA. You know Probably deserves to be torn right. into, if I'm being honest with you. Just tell those people we're doing a radio show. <laughs> exactly. Tell those people we're doing a radio show, Drew says. So um, a couple things about this, because when, when we bring this up, I, I think the biggest issue is the Cedric Mullins injury, right? Like, that's the most significant part of everything. Well, yes, and Rodriguez stinking uh, sure, it up. Sure, sure. It's both things, right? Rodriguez they, stinking it up has sent them into a tailspin. Um. I think yesterday it sent them into. I don't know that I could say Rodriguez specifically is what sent them into twa- to, to a tailspin. No, but th- it's this, interesting that the two games, now, the two games that they've given up the most runs, are one a game that he started, and two the game that he was supposed to start after. I, that, I thought right. he pitched yesterday. Right, I was coming right. back from Pittsburgh, up, and I'm like, oh, right, damn, we lost twelve to eight, but Rodriguez yeah. got yeah, killed right. again. Yeah. And then I realized, again. oh, that's right, he he wasn't even there. It's interesting that they their strategy wasn't to call up Cole Irvin. Like that part of it is interesting to me. When he was here, he wasn't any. I understand that, but he had actually started pitching well, and he was in you know, in line to pitch yesterday. Um, so it's interesting that they went with the answer of we're not going to have a starting pitcher um, until in the month of May. Here are Cole Irvin's numbers: three and one, two point five two ERA, zero point six eight WHIP. Okay, it's interesting to me that they knew they were going to need a starting pitcher. They had Cole Irvin lined up. He was coming off a five-inning outing in which he had you know, given up two hits and no walks. And they said, we'd rather try to bullpen our way through this start than give Cole Irvin another shot. I'm, okay. I'm really confused by the thought process there. And particularly the night before, when you realized that you had to use the guys that count in your bullpen, when you had to put out Cano for more than an inning and he right. wasn't going to be available now because of it, right. despite the fact that you had a 7 nothing lead in the second inning, and that never should have been the case. Right. Th- they ended up having to go that route, and they still said, we'll just take our chances of bullpenning our way through this and, thing. And I do think that there are games, you know, plural, one, one, one or two a month, which seems like a, Seems like a pretty significant part of your schedule. It's eight mm-hmm. eight percent of your schedule over six months. I do think there are games that you just kind of sort of lose on purpose, or or at least go wow. into it saying it's not the end of the world. And if and maybe if they say See, they don't ever do that in it, football, it's, it, right? Oh. Unless you're right, trying unless to get you're a bad, draft pick, right, right? Correct. They don't. Well, the Cardinals are going to do that all season this right. year. They've decided they're going to go ahead and lose right. seventeen. All right, they're going to get rid of their quarterback. They're going right. to do the whole thing. Yeah. Um, I, I so I. I think basketball teams, that's all part of this load management BS, right? Bas- basketball teams do it. Um, I, it's funny. I don't want to put hockey on a pedestal. I, I feel like hockey players would punch the coach in the face if the coach said, w- w- we're taking this one off tonight. They're a different breed. Hockey players definitely. That. Now, right. the Caps have the Caps over the last couple of years have, if Ovechkin's nicked up, 
they're, they're like, okay, you, you sit this one out. Right. Like, but, right. but for the most part, there's no load management. In, we've got to come up with a better term, by the way. That, um, <laughs> there's, there's no load management in hockey. The players would yeah, the just, players would play. rebel. Right. Basketball players are dying to not play. Well, okay, but uh, baseball it's interesting. If you lose if you baseball there now, here's the good news. The Orioles and I'm just again, I'm throwing this out. I don't even know if this is true. In in May, June, July, August, and September, the Orioles will trot out a lineup in two or three games per month that as last night was, where they say we're probably going to lose, mm-hmm. and we don't really care, mm-hmm. right? It's the same thing with the, all this other garbage about putting these field players in, in as pitchers and embarrassing the sport. Like you're just you don't you don't want to you don't care at that point when it's the twelfth inning. You just don't, or the eighth inning, and you're losing ten to two. All you care about is I got to get yeah, this game over get and move right. next game. Here's the good news: the other teams are doing that to you too. Pretty much, you just don't know when. So the so in three weeks, the Blue Jays will throw out one of those lineups one night after they lost eleven to ten in Chicago sure, sure. and nine to eight in Chicago. But is that is it like when they realize Austin Hayes isn't going to play the next day? Is that the moment where they say, "Well, what the hell? We'll just throw"? Like Maybe they, the interesting part is that they seem to always. Now is Hayes be- now going to be the center fielder? Well, I think he's got to be for a little while. And so Vavra and McKenna will – Yeah. I, I mean, you, the, you might as well play ahead of that McKenna dude. That guy stinks, that's on, that's, man. Okay, wait a second. We're not going to do that. That guy stinks. He's a good defensive player. He is a – that's all Jorge Mateo. That's all Jorge Mateo well, that, is. That, that's true now. Like that, you got to be honest. I, I think about I this. swung and missed on him. Correct. No pun intended. Well, I think a lot of us did. We got very excited about it. It turns out he's Felix PA. I mean – He's better. He, That's not he, fair. He's a good defensive player. He's a really good he's defensive a, player. He's a great yes. defensive player who can't hit a lick. Not even, not even a little bit. I mean, the guy from Major League is laughing at him about not being able to hit the breaking <laughs> ball. He is terrible. I understand. And he, and he swings it. He doesn't even walk. Well, of course he doesn't walk. They throw the ball right over the plate and he can't hit right. it. Correct. Correct. But now you see, over time, uh, who was it? Padres or the Angels? Yes. Where do we get Padres? Padres? Yes. Why now you see over time why they go. We're good. Yeah, you're good. Right. Right. And I would say now, trying again not to overreact like I did before when I said put him in the Hall of Fame. Um, he, it almost it could almost be a blessing in disguise. It could almost be a blessing in disguise because you because can just the, move on. Because a year ago, you and I were saying, it's "What are we going to do yeah, with right. all these players?" Because yeah, right. we got Mateo, and he's going right. to go to the Hall of Fame. Right. Well, I mean, now no, it, it ain't it ain't looking like he's going anywhere. No, it doesn't Except look like maybe he's... to another team. Correct. Well, I don't know if anybody else is interested at this point. Look, I think Jorge Mateo. But at, anyway, at to go point, back to McKenna, right. he he is the same thing. He can't hit a lick. He he has two weeks where he's right. where he, he hits, hits a couple of nine hits. for eighteen. I, under, I understand. Everybody's that. like. Put him in all the time, and then he'll go two for 22. But they are in a position. I don't mind the Vavra guy. They I are, can't even believe I'm saying yeah, he's that. He's fine. They're in a position where they're either going to get Cedric Mullins back in a couple of weeks, or they're going to have to get Colton Kowser here in a couple well, of weeks. Well, get you. Okay, so that, you're. It's one or the other. And they just have So you're pe- completely dismissing that Aaron Hicks could be serviceable. Well, Aaron Hicks got hurt. <laughs> Aaron Hicks was here for a day uh, and out. is already injured. 
He did get two hits, though. He did, and a walk. Like, he was he was a monster. Take that, Yankees. <laughs> yeah, correct. I, mean, I bet you feel stupid now. Well, Aaron Hicks wasn't here to be the answer at all. Like, no, he was here to be part of the platoon to get them right. through until they get one or the Aaron other Aaron Hicks had answer. to run out there last night and go, holy cow, what have I done? What do you mean? I was playing in the Bronx. Oh, I, I was a Yankee. I think I he was, was grateful for the fact that he had a job. My God, he oh, hasn't I don't been good he in a long time. cares too much about is, money, she, is she that wealthy that, I, that I think more than I know him. she's related I to mean, Tiger, but like is she actually that wealthy? No, I don't think so. Like I don't think he's just giving her money and I don't think she, has she actually accomplished anything on her in her Is this you're talking about Cheyenne? Cheyenne? Yeah. Um I, I if you don't know Aaron Hicks, is he married to her? Or is he just, I don't think. I think he's doing the Derek Jeter thing. But they're together, aren't they? Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, they're ostensibly married, but he doesn't want to get married because okay. then he'll, you know, then he's married. <laughs> Who would want like, that? So like yeah. what you said to me, you're like, I don't yeah, know if right. I should get married because well, then I'm, when I'm, you're Aaron Hicks and you have so much going for you, why yeah, would right. you bother to get married? Um, Cheyenne Woods is his niece, is Tiger oh, Woods' right. you niece. Said cousin, right? Right. Um, and she's won once on the ladies' European tour. She stinks. That's that, but that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, is she? No I don't. I don't think she's How wealthy. Is she Tiger's niece. Oh, I know how. How? Tiger's dad had other children. Okay. Okay. No. No, no, no. Wait, 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 wait. Hang on a second. No, I got wait. it. You, you, I mean, had, you mean he had brothers I, and sisters? No, no. She is a daughter <laughs> of Susan Woods and Earl Dennison Woods Jr., who is golfer Tiger Woods' half-brother. So, yes. Okay, so Earl yeah. Had... Earl, Earl had a an older son than Tiger. Mm-hmm. An older son. Yes. From a... Either a different relationship or whatever, this, yeah. And this is this is that guy's daughter. Daughter, gotcha. correct? Yes. I can guarantee you mm-hmm. the amount of money or wealth or goodness or benefit she's received from Be- Tiger. Benefits, I, like there's plenty of words that you can use that I will agree with. I just don't know that she's wealthy. No, listen to me. Let right. me finish. Uh-huh. The amount of that mm-hmm. that she's received directly from Tiger. Oh, is minimal. It's as much as you've yeah, received. Yeah, I believe that. Uh, if we know. Tiger probably says to her, yeah. all the money you're making, you're mm-hmm. making because of your last name. Correct. That See. happens to also be so mine. So you can thank me for that. So you can thank that's me for that. That's what you get for Christmas this year. But if you think year, I'm right. granting you 100 that's, grand a that's year. That's what I'm saying. I don't you're think, not getting that. I don't think she's wealthy. I think she's, I think she's fine. And I don't think she, has, she needs anything. I think there are advantages to being Tiger Woods' niece, but... I'd be surprised yeah, if, if it, it would be different if she were Earl's daughter from a different relationship. Yes. Then she might have a claim to some of the trust, if you will. Right, right. This makes her a panhandler in Tiger's eyes. <laughs> well, hang on. We should probably use the word allegedly. Alleg- Let's be well, very but, careful about right. how but we Tiger is well known for his Yes, and that's, that's, thrifty that's nature. Aaron, Aaron Hicks' partner is Cheyenne Woods. Right. Um, I don't know if we have an update yet on Aaron Hicks. I'm not really, I'm not really living and dying on whether now we get an update on Aaron Hicks. They just have to piece this thing through until they get to one of these answers What's or the, the other. What's the story with the Mullins thing? Is that it's a it's a groin tear or strain, and which right. of course we know that a groin is that a strain is good? a tear or whatever. Yeah, it's not good, but like the understanding, at least what Mike Elias was selling was that it could be worse. He's saying it's weeks, not months, but you know they're going to be vague about that. And as we pointed out yesterday, John Harbaugh told us it was 
dazed a weeks for uh, Lamar Jackson last and season. And played since. Correct. So I don't know. And might not ever play again. I don't you think You can put that thing case. down to 21. Oh, yeah? We're going to go all the way back to that? <laughs> as soon as he gets <laughs> you, his money. You were at 100. He's going to start cramping up. You were at 100. Um, um, yeah, they get, I'm just. I mean, I'm worried about the pitching. I, I'll give it. I'll give it. It's, you know, I'll give it. It's time here to wiggle. Where are they in San Francisco and then Milwaukee? Yeah, San Francisco's well, decent. And let me be fair. The pitching for outside of Grayson Rodriguez, well, and outside for the of the most last part, has been fine. Seven days. I would say the last seven games, it's been a little, you know, unsettling. Even. The one game we I mean, lost. I mean, in, Gibson start before. I mean, two nights ago. The one ago, game we lost in New York. They, now we went to Toronto and beat them three straight. Mm-hmm. Um, two of them, albeit in extras, but that's fine. Mm-hmm. And then Texas uh, clobbered us, and um, Cleveland uh, yeah. somehow beat us. Yeah, but it scored about a billion runs when they can't hit, which is not ideal. I understand that. Like it ain't ideal, but I'm not. To your point, I'm not panicked about the pitching as much Dylan as Tate sitting back going, "Yeah, you guys all thought I stunk, huh?" Well, I would I would say the bigger problem right now is Gibbons. Gibbons terrible. Like that's I that's alarming. He's this is what seven. He's a six games. Uh, so, has he appeared in six? I think I saw. I was gonna, okay, that sounds right. Five or six. Um, that's it's alarming how he hadn't been in good and I don't think he's been good in any of them. It's been awful. It's been absolutely awful. And six appearances. Uh, I'm pulling it up right I mean, now. At some yes, point, yes, six games. Yeah. Uh, guess what his whip is. One point four seven. You wish. Two. Two. Keep going. Oh my god. Two point five. Two point five. I, I want everybody to understand something. Yeah. Because it you do have to have a four, four hits. Listen, and six walks. Listen. over four innings. Right. That means you're allowing yes two and a half base runners yes per inning. That's correct. Correct. Well, he came in yesterday, got zero outs, loaded up the bases. Walks and hits per inning and said, is the acronym. Good luck. And dipped. It was rough. Yeah, you really can't. I mean, for, for the uneducated, which some of you would say that's us. Mm-hmm. You, yeah, that's you, what we could call you, this show. You really want to be right. <laughs> yeah, right. You really want to be in the 1.25 or less range. Yes. 1.180 yeah, you, is you, the... Historical it's Jim Palmer's career whip, exactly and it's right. the historical. If you can throw one point one eight zero, you're great. Yep. Well, one point two five is good. One point three five is fine. Two point five, not so much. Yep, <laughs> not so much. Yeah. Two point five is you're you're you can't do this. Give him the gas, Ricky. God. By the way, how is Palmer somehow getting better? How is it possible that Palmer... Well, he's been in a fight on Twitter with people for the last oh, three been, weeks. It's been amazing. It's unbelievable. Oh, I love it so much. Guys sent him a text yeah. or a note and said, dude, you're getting worse. You're terrible. By the way, what's wrong with your eye? Palmer's like, nothing really. I just had cancer in it. <laughs> but thanks. I love it. I love him Palmer's so much. Palmer's like, guy goes, you're <laughs> terrible. You're losing it. You are you don't know what you're talking about anymore. And by the way, what's wrong with your eye? By the way, it's, also, Palmer's like, it's also not... Jim Palmer Palmer's is like I got cancer Jim, in my eye, but don't but don't let that get to you. Jim Palmer is better at handling replays than Jim Palmer was at pitching. Jim Palmer, whenever there's a replay, immediately explains exactly what happened in that moment, tells you exactly, and he's right. I will never more forget. frequently than the umpires are correct. I will never forget when he an inning an inning before the Jonathan Scope Grand Slam, 
when he when he called that Grand Slam in San right. Francisco. Right. You said we if we get oh, a run- he had a moment the other day too where he saw it. Where we he get saw a runner on here. We get a runner on here in the eighth, and we can get to the top of the lineup next inning. They're mm-hmm. going to bring that left-hander Garcia in. We just got to get a runner on. If we don't get a runner on, they're not going to bring him in. But if we can get a runner on here and switch the order up on them, then they get a runner on. And Palmer's like, this sets up pretty nice for us in the next day. And I'm like, Jim, they're losing 7-4, yeah. to <laughs> you buffoon. Yeah. Next thing you know, guy gets a hit. Palmer's like, all we need is one more hit. We get one more hit, and then we're, they're going to be forced to do A, B, and C. We get another hit. Palmer's like, this is setting up great for Scope. Mm-hmm. If we just get one more, if, you know what's going to happen here, too? And he, he goes through the whole thing, and he's like, well, here comes Scope. If the guy throws Scope a breaking ball, he's going to hit it out of the ballpark. Mm-hmm. Breaking ball, grand slam. Yep. I took all my clothes off and just sat I, there. I don't blame the, it. He's watch un- the rest he's of the unbelievable. game. He's unbelievable. Yesterday, Ramirez comes, or uh, Bauman comes in, faces Ramirez. First pitch, Ramirez fouls off, and Palmer, what the way that he described it was his way of saying, uh, the Orioles are about to be down by five. <laughs> like, the way that, it, I right. wish you could go back and, vi- he was like, th- literally the first pitch, and Arnold says, well, and Ramirez, that one's foul, and Palmer makes a noise like, uh, yeah, like you could hear it in his voice. It's coming. Like prepare yourself. It's coming. Like and by the way, I think he got Ramirez out if I remember correctly, and then you know it all went to hell. I think. And uh, you, you, I did the same thing on Sunday, um, or was it Monday? Was that Memorial? I was at a Memorial Day gathering. I forget what day it was. Um, and I think it was Monday actually. And uh, well, that no, was Memorial Day. No, it was so. Sunday. Okay. Um, and. Uh, I was watching the ninth inning with my buddy Ray and Fusey uh, when Cano, I'm not Cano, um, Batista, Batista came in ag- against the uh, Rangers, and I'm like, this is this is done, right? You know exactly what he's going to do. He's going to get ahead of him, and then he's going to throw a couple low to try to get him to chase it. And I forget who the left-handed dude was that came up at the end. And Ray and I are laughing. We're like, dude, this is all he's doing now is deciding yeah, toying with what right. what yeah. count he wants to strike right. him out right. on. Like, do I want to do I want to just throw three in a row by it, or do I want to I want it to be two and two when I strike you out. Like, how, how am I going to go about this? Yep, yep. All right. Um, I, I am with you in general. I do think that this is a a a very important. I would say moment. these next six games are important. Yeah. E- even if we go three and three, but mm-hmm. we lose three two and four two and two one, you know, the pitching doesn't improve, and we don't lose nine seven and eleven eight. I think these next six are important. And by that point, if you start to hear reports like, hey, Mullins is progressing, he's going to be yeah. like That goes a long right. way towards, all right, let's just stem the tide to get to where Cedric Mullins is back, and we'll be all right. Uh, for as disappointing as the last week has been, they still finished four games over five hundred for the month of May, and if they can play roughly five hundred ball the rest of the way, they're going to be okay. Um, now, right. you know, they're not going to accomplish the biggest goals. They haven't had the hardest schedule yet. I don't know. The last month was pretty difficult, man. Like, I I don't know. I don't know. I feel like we chewed up on a lot of a uh, – we haven't played Oakland now, have we? Uh, did they? We I did. thought they played Oakland yeah, in April. In April, yeah. We well, only won yeah. three or four. Oh. Yeah, it's pretty embarrassing, isn't right. it? It's pretty <laughs> embarrassing. Do they have a, 10 wins or 11? Uh, 12. They got. Uh, I oh, think they, they won two against yeah, the Braves. That's right, they did. Oh, yeah. my God. That's really that's hilarious. It's really embarrassing. They beat the Braves two, two out of three in did Oakland. You, did you hear? Yeah. Uh, so, okay, uh, just quickly, and you weren't here for this. So Connor Norby got everybody worked up yesterday. A lot of people freaked out on Twitter. So I, we had Connor Norby on the show yesterday. And, and he just, is who? Okay, that's not good. You know what? Go ahead. Can I tell you that Martina Navratilova did that this morning on the Tennis Channel broadcast of a player that was playing against Yannick Sinner? Who just straight up said, I've never heard of that person. I love it. 
She's calling the French Open on the only American broadcast available. Right. Never heard of And she guy. just straight up Who says, I've, I've, that's, I've never heard of that person. I love it. It's in the second round of the French Open. I love it. And nobody said, hey, Martina. How about a little homework there? Maybe we do a little bit of work. How about a little homework there, Chief? She just straight up said, I've never heard of that person. This player's pretty good. It's a little bit over the top. So Connor Norby's on yesterday, and I, you know, we had this great conversation, and I asked, hey, you know, because and we're doing this. I think we did the same thing with Westberg a couple of weeks ago. I asked the exact same question. Are you concerned at all? Are you thinking about at all the possibility that it goes the other way and that you're the guy that's involved in the trade for the Orioles to try to land a pitcher? Because... You know, Stephanie Epstein said yesterday she believes the Orioles, she's to understand the Orioles are intending to be buyers of the deadline. And he gave a very honest answer about that question and a very reflective answer about that question when he said, look, you know, you want to get to the bigs and I want it to be in Baltimore, but sometimes, sometimes I think about wanting to be in a trade like that so I can be somewhere where I know I have a path, where I know I will be able to make that jump to the major leagues. And I appreciated the answer. I thought it was a really good answer, but... You know, as is the case oftentimes, people lose their minds about it. Was Connor Norby one out? Is he is he on out? Jesus Christ! Right, like chill out. Jesus. Well, here's the thing too, but, right? You, and I I know you've talked to him, and I've talked to I talked to Gavin Sheets a lot. Mm-hmm. He, he he he's in a very similar situation in that if you do really good mm-hmm. or really well, you're you're upgrading your stock. Mm-hmm. Sure. Now if, you're desirable to somebody. If else, you don't right? do well, yep, you're you're hurting your stock with your own team. Mm-hmm. Like you're, he, he's kind of in this yeah, kid might damned be if in, you do, damned if you don't right? sort of situation. Sure. I understand that entirely. Uh, but he he brought up that apparently this week there have been some conversations going around in Norfolk, who's in first place significantly, about if they were to play a seven game series against the Oakland A's, who would win more games? Well, that's that's kind of a joke. I don't know, man. No, nah, that's a joke. I don't know, dude. I, you're telling me, look no. at that roster and tell me how many of those guys are legitimately Major League Baseball players. Well, I don't know, but the AAA team's not beating them. You say that. Three out of five, maybe. Yeah. But not every night. Right, not every night. They're not going to sweep them, I Poor A's. That. A's have 12 wins? Yes. And 44 losses? 46, I think. Well. I mean, they... They... They definitely might not win 50 games, oh, right? It's very realistic that they could not win 50 games. Extraordinarily realistic. Today, plus, they might as well just go for it. And, plus, and if win anyone 25. gets hot, if anybody starts to perform for a little while, Rooker's the only guy that's been oh, yeah, they're, they're, decent. They're gonna Ruiz, Ruiz has been, because he's, he's, Ruiz is going to steal 60 bases. Okay, Easy. So those guys, so he's any, anybody who's like, even decent is going to be dealt. Yeah, they're gone. Well, Ruiz, this is his rookie year. I mean, yeah, I, maybe, so I, don't I don't know. But I just don't know that they care. They, yeah. We don't know where they're playing next. We don't know if they're going to tell him to go play in the minor league stadium in Las Vegas. Ruiz would look good as like the Braves' fourth outfielder. You're right. I also don't know what they're doing about it. They just built this beautiful minor league stadium in Las Vegas. Like, There's no way they're going to keep having that team there. So what do they do with that exactly? I don't know that anybody cares, but it's just a thought that crossed my mind. Uh, anyway, today's show brought to you by your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a range of models and trim lines, so you can choose the perfect Tacoma to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. Here's the deal. If you've not watched the finale of Ted Lasso yet... You won't believe how he dies. <laughs> thank you. Come back and join us. It's an unbelievable death. At the one-hour mark of the show. Pause. Come back and join us either if it's live. Come back and join us at 11 a.m. Right. If uh, you're, I gotta go give food out. If you're listening or watching later, 
Get to the one-hour mark. Rejoin us there. Because when we come back in, we're going to— He's still going to be dead, by the way, when you come back at 11. Thank you. You just won't know how he died. Exactly, because that's what we're going to talk about when we come back in. i got to be honest with you. I didn't see it coming that they introduced— Zenadine Zidane to come back and murder him. I thought that was way over the top. All right, with Pep standing there going, kill him. (laughs) Kill this guy, Lasso. Way over the top. All right, we'll come back in. We'll talk about Ted Lasso next. It's Glenn Clark Radio. What air conditioning company can save 50% of your energy cost and qualify you for up to $7,500 in rebates? A.J. Michaels. We do more. We do it better for less. In Baltimore and Annapolis, ajmichaels.com. The latest edition of Press Box is available now. On the cover, Luke Jackson looks at the pipeline of talent still to come for the Orioles. Diving in on last year's number one pick, Jackson Holiday, and other top prospects like Colton Kowser, Heston Kerstad, Kobe Mayo, and more. Also inside, Todd Karpovich profiles Orioles pitcher Kyle Gibson. And Bo Smolka breaks down what progress would mean for the team's 2022 draft picks in their second pro season. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farms stores and you can always find the entire edition as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. The All-America Senior Game powered by New Balance will be back at Johns Hopkins Homewood Field on July 29th. The most decorated girls and boys lacrosse players in the country have been invited to play in what is the premier lacrosse event of the year. Every college coach wants their players in this game, and if you dream of being in this game, you start by trying out for one of your regional underclass teams this summer. The best against the best. Get your tickets now at allamericalacrosse.com. Costas Inn has been serving up delicious steamed crabs for over 50 years. Lately, the crabs you want to eat when the weather warms up have gotten harder and harder to get. So get your crab-eating game plan in place. Make sure to stick this number on your fridge, 410-477-1975. Call ahead and reserve the size crabs you want. You may be able to walk in, but you may also be disappointed at the size or maybe even get shut out altogether. So call ahead, have a plan, and then arrive on your crab-eating vacation. Costas also has delicious crab soup and crab cakes. The Costas Inn at 4100 North Point Boulevard. For more than 50 years, they've been satisfying crab lovers in and around Baltimore. Make the most out of every day in your Toyota RAV4. Available in hybrid or gas-only models. A RAV4 can get you where you want to go in style. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new RAV4s from your local Toyota dealer today. Check out PressBoxOnline.com every day to find daily winners and betting advice from Jeremy Kahn. And if you want some advice about life decisions that you probably shouldn't make, here's Glenn Clark. Go to PressBoxOnline.com slash offers right now and get $150 in bonus bets from DraftKings after placing your first $5 bet. See this and other great sportsbook offers at PressBoxOnline.com slash offers. Drew Forrester is here, DrewsMorningDish.com. Uh, fairways and Greens, Sunday morning. You want to plug anything? We are the – we have some yeah, – we're doing we're – doing I don't even yeah. – okay, this Sunday. Yeah. Uh, God, come up with something. Yeah, right. What are playing this week? Oh, Memorial. Oh, that's a big one. Okay. I'll get so something. That's what you got? I'll yeah, get there something. you go. Tune in, 12 I'll o'clock get, on Sunday. I'll get something. The, the Memorial, the that's show. a big one. The charm of the show is yeah. – not only do you not know what I'm going to talk about, right, that you don't know either. Neither exactly. do I. Right. Exactly but I always right. make it happen. That's uh, that's what we used to say about the old show that we did. You just only have to do it for an hour now, and like four right. every morning. I'm like a maniac, four right. hours of that garbage. 
Who would listen to that? I don't know, but we have people listen every second. It's unbelievable. All right. Uh, again, as I warned, if you didn't watch Ted Lasso, this is your last warning. Do not be mad at me. We're telling you. We're talking about it. We're openly discussing what happened. So if you want to say they're spoilers, say they're spoilers. I don't care. Just come back and join us in the second hour of the program because we're going to talk about it. Um, here's my... I was surprised that they never really did an actual redemption story for Nate, right? Like, I'm a little bit surprised. Not that ultimately... They did, though, with the believe thing. That, that was their right. way of forgiving him. They, they, this is one of the issues that I had with this season. The, the, okay. The, I remember I talked to you about it was too far beyond belief for them to suggest that Ted didn't know who Zava was. Like, th- this thing where they're still trying to make three years in that he doesn't know anything about soccer. Until is, he called the offside last night. Exactly right. That was his moment where right. suddenly he understood soccer. Right. Um, that's That was too far. It was too far to keep trying to press that button. And I would go the same way with how they've handled Nate post getting sacked or quitting at West Ham. Like, the idea that he's going to be the assistant kit man for a, a football club after he was making an extraordinary amount of money being the manager at West Ham United is too far. It's too far. I would Here's what I would say. I mean, character-wise, he to me, he was sort of the most puzzling of them. Um, how he got that girl, I have no idea. She's very um, very lovely. Uh, no but here's well, I don't what know I, if you heard. He was the manager of West Ham. I know. Here's what happened. Um, I, I would say also, just as a personal thing, I thought he was the least talented of them all from an acting standpoint. Personally, okay. I don't know that that played into what they were trying to do with him. I did not find him very compelling as an actor. Certainly, nothing like Brett Goldstein, who to me was the star of the show. I think he was amazing. Yeah. Yes. Um. I thought they did. I don't think they did a very good job. And I get it. Each show's you know eighty minutes. I don't think they did a very good job of explaining why he left. I, I, we know what happened. Mm-hmm. He went. He went into a he he got invited to a post match thing with the owner. The owner was clearly um what I, I guess he was married to that girl Bex, right? At that time. Yes. So he was cheating on the, this girl. He invited he invited Nathan to do that with him. Mm-hmm. Nathan had fallen in love with this girl from the Indian restaurant, and Nathan said no. And because of that, he decided he, to quit. He decided to quit, or did he get fired? And 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 I and he said he quit. Right, right, right. He it was so it, we the, never, the reports were that he got fired. Right, he but so the, he, here's the juxtaposition: right. he had no moral compass when he was with F- AFC Richmond. Mm-hmm. He he sabotaged. He was them. correct. He was willing to to try to get power, and all of a sudden now he he has a moral compass. Like I don't think they did a very good job of. Of, of just putting that whole episode, I would have thought personally, would have thought it would have been much better, just contextually, to have been fired, for mm-hmm. for Rupert to call him in on Monday and say you have a lot of nerve. Mm-hmm. Not I own the team, you you do what I say. That's why you make seven hundred thousand pounds right, or whatever. Right? right, you're out. I thought that would have been a far more believable thing than for the the kid to quit i i I found that 
I found that odd. Right. Personally. But, but I get because he had no moral compass before, and all of a sudden now, you, oh, you've developed one? And if, and, if, and if it was because of that girl, if that was the case, then what would have been even more believable would have been for the next day for him to see Rupert or Rupert approach him and for Nate to blow his heart out and say, hey, I've never had a girlfriend in my life. Mm -hmm. This is the first relationship I've ever had. I love this girl, and I'm not jeopardizing it for you or anyone. That would have – I just thought they left that thing untied in a way that was confusing, that particular scene. I understand that. I, I did not think it was very well done. I just thought from there I was dis- – There were a lot of things about this year that were – that were. I, 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 I want to say odd. I want to make sure I say it's the right way. The implementation of the gay angle kind of out of nowhere, right? But what it does is it also shows that these circumstances are present in every locker room, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. NBA, yep. NHL, yep. and, and they're, yep. they're, they're present everywhere, yep. right? And, you know, I thought last night at the end, obviously, when the guy came out on the field and they kissed, like, you, the whole the whole notion that this was about soccer, the, the show was never really about soccer. It was about well, flawed characters. Sure, correct. That sort of found, you know, in some way, shape, or form, yeah, so found an their way. island of misfit toys, right. Right. Correct. And, but there were a lot, there were a lot of odd, I, I, I I thought the Keeley business owner relationship was also very odd. I thought the second year relationship between um, Rebecca and the Nigerian player was odd. I felt like there were things that were going on that probably don't happen in real life in 2023. Now the the the, the two male the, yeah, the, yeah, the the Trent Grimm saying Trent Krim saying I'm you know right. confessing to the kid he's gay and right. that that I get that mm-hmm. but I thought the 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 Keely other thing I thought given her hypersexuality with Jamie and Roy I thought that was an oddly placed scene too it's interesting. I, I I guess if I said it was unnecessary, I could I, like I don't know what it really did. I, I understand for the what show. they were trying to do in general. Right. They were trying to promote that that these are all things right, that, that happen in the real world. And and to, and to some extent, I also think they were attempting to to get Keely away from Roy and, and well, you, Jamie. And you saw it last night when they said pick one of us, and she right, said, uh, right, "I'm not picking yeah. either one of you." Get correct. Out. Like correct. Um, it's inter- that I think that's interesting. I would say that I, I, I am more Let's offended. Just get to how Ted dies. Hang on a second. I'm more offended. Plane crash. Right, Unbelievable. Ridiculous. I'm more offended by the idea of you're just not doing the work. Like at some point with Nate, there needed to be something. There needed to be like he. You can't just have him go from being the manager of the team that's in first place in the league. To just being content to be a, you know, a, a uniform washer. You, like, you, you might be missing. So you might be missing. You might be missing this. Here's the reality. He he always was a kit guy. I understand. He that. never should have been the coach. But they were in first place. They were atop the table. Maybe, maybe despite him. Maybe, but they never suggested that. Every, all of the suggestions were that they were in first place because of him. The idea... The wonder that, kid. Yes, <laughs> that they would go from that 
to. But maybe the theme was he he is a kit man. That this is what he is. That he just that he just swallowed the lucky pill. Yeah. Like that he. I, I mean, I that would required more work. That required okay, way more work than they did. Maybe. They did not do nearly enough work and, for and that. It was to be just the story. that Rupert wanted to spite Rebecca so much that sh- that he would take, you know, or maybe he thought that 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 Nate was gonna flip, you know, maybe reveal secrets or something about Richmond and. I they were know. in first place. Yeah, I know. Oh, well, like, well. They were winning the league. <laughs> it's absurd to suggest that the guy that had the team in first place Rupert bought all the suddenly bought all the good I, players. I understand that but suddenly was unemployable to anyone else or at the he, least they could have at when uh, at the end they you know Ted left they could have said we're elevating you back to being an assistant coach i always thought that he was going to end up being the next manager I know, of Richmond. that was a neat and, twist last night and that was a bit of a t- and and i'm and i'm good with it right? right like i'm good with the idea of the story they actually told warranted Roy becoming manager, which is weird, right? Like, I'm well, good. I, I, th- I would love to know as they went along. I would love to know if there was a, if there was a change of heart there, because of the potential for a spinoff. I, I'm wondering if at, at some point, if it wasn't going to be Nate. And all of a sudden, they said, "Hey, you know what? We we talked about this yesterday. I'm way more Brett, interested. Brett in Goldstein a, could yeah. could be a could yes. be a, a star in We're, this. I'm way more interested in a Roy. Now, I'm actually more interested in a, an origin story with Roy than I am in like where this goes next with Roy. Like, I'm way more interested in more of Roy's past and you know the absolute gruff. You know, like I'm I'm interested in that. Like the softened Roy. I'm not sure." How much that's a focal part of a spinoff show for? Yeah, me. I, I, but I, I am convinced they are going to do it. There's going to be an AFC Richmond I show. I think so too. There's too much money to be made, too many people to watch yep. to not do it. I thought, it, I thought there were several things about last night, not not season three, but last night in particular that were really interesting. Um, everybody in the end last night got what they wanted, or what they or what they desired. Other than Rupert, he was the only one mm-hmm. who didn't get what they wanted. Mm-hmm. Rebecca met the Dutch guy she met on the boat. Mm-hmm. Keely, her PR thing was flourishing. Right. Yeah. Um, Rebecca sold forty, got forty nine percent, made a bunch of money. You know, met the met the Dutch guy. Um, the he, fans all get to now feel like they own the team. Right. Um, Ted Ted went home. I I here's the one thing I would say that I was really disappointed in. I I thought, in the end, I thought Ted and Michelle were going to get back together, and I was really disappointed that they didn't. That they didn't. I thought they were alluding to it with how she was reacting to the doctor, and when he was watching the soccer I, match, I, I, I did, thought they were trying to tell I you. I did too, and I thought that would have tied a nice bow up had right. they had they had she come out of the door right. with uh, somehow I, I, I'll say wedding ring and you. People's response might be, well, maybe she married the dentist but or doctor. Um, it would have been a neat thing for her to say, we're, 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 we're both glad you're home, you're back home. You know, I just I felt like they really missed the chance there to um, seal the whole thing up, like with those two getting back together. And I would have bet they were going to be back together, so I would have lost I, I, them. I probably would have agreed. But Other everybody got I, what they wanted. I do kind of appreciate the story really was only about his son. Like, that's he left... Not because of her. Right, right. He left 
specifically to be a dad. Right. That's what he cared about. And right. I kind of appreciated that in a way. Like, this isn't about my heartbreak. It's just about I want to be a father. And in a way, I appreciate them prioritizing that over that relationship, right? Like, I enjoyed that. There's two things that jumped out to me. One, did we ever find out what the gift was that Keely gave them? No. No, they did not show that. That's a little bit weird, right? Yeah, he opened it. Did he? He opened it and then they cut away. Yeah. Something else, yeah. Um, I don't... Rem- yeah, I guess. Because was there something like in the final when he's home that the? I don't remember. I, I just don't so. remember seeing it. And I remember thinking about that afterwards. Like, that was... They kept pre- sh- suggesting that as a plot line. It's for season four. I, I understand. That's totally plausible. And then the other part that kind of jumped out to well, me wait a minute. was... I thought, wait a minute. Um, he opened it up. He opened up the... And then they cut to something else. I already forget what they cut to, okay. but... It was yeah during that ending montage. I thought now you, if we're if we're doing this like best characters worst characters. To me, I thought the beard character was the worst character in the in the show. Worse than Nate? Yes, really? I did. I, I disagree I, with that. I, I did not think he added. Much. I think he was there for one reason. He was there to be prop up ten. Yes, yeah. correct. And I had no problem with that. Like I thought that he was a little too weird for me. Maybe it oh, was the G-string thing last night. <laughs> you were, you were I'd rather see Ted G-string. in that, but, you know. Okay, got it. Now, got so it. so did Ted and Rebecca... I don't think so. Yeah. I don't think so. I think they wanted... I think yeah. that was... A, they laid it out there to make you think that's what happened. Gotcha. And then Beard and walks then in. And then immediately made okay. it clear that that wasn't okay. what happened. I think that was what that was. Because I remember thinking at the first... like, And it, when, I, when it first started, I was like, I don't like this. I thought at the end like, there was something that happened. I would love to know the truth about this. There was something that happened at the very end that I thought was really interesting um, from an acting standpoint. Rebecca's goodbye to him, where she was crying and she hugged and said, thank you. Um, I think that that was a very personal moment for her. And I think that thank you was was a yeah, it was cro- a shoot. It crossed the, it yeah. it, it crossed the fourth sh- wall. Over, yeah. th- thank you for... Yeah, for what you did for my career, right? Like this, it, here I was this deep into my career, and I finally was able to have this moment. I thought that yeah. was a very because they didn't do a okay show's over three minutes, right? Of we're going, we'll never be back. Thank mm-hmm. you for everything. This was awesome. They didn't do that. They mm-hmm. just it was a real show, right? And the last scene was him coaching his kid. Yep, be a goldfish. Um, I thought that moment where she hugged him and she was crying looked very, very genuine to me. Did not look like acting. I think that was really cool to see that. By the way, it was I. It was the snow globe. That's what it was. Yeah, that was oh, the gift. Right. It was okay. the snow globe, yeah. and we did. Yeah. And I we and I never it. did know what the yeah the symbolism of that was. Yeah, th- there was, but there was a whole thing. This well, se- he ga- she gave Keely gave that snow right. globe to the her the assistant, assistant. Right. Yeah. right? Yeah, who collected snow globes, and she was like, "I can't." <laughs> yeah, yeah, that that was, that was a weird. weird. That was very weird too. Um, the the fact beard, that beard was worse than the assistant character, Keely's assistant. I actually enjoyed her. You enjoyed. Her. I was, actually she came was, she was, as as sort of being like the um, the strange straight man for Keely, right, like right, you know, right. no pun intended, like as being the I'm I'm your checks and balance. I kind of enjoyed. I didn't need that her character. outside of the office. I don't know. Yeah. I kind of loved her having like bloodthirst and saying I didn't really like soccer. I'm into rugby. It's bloodier. And then being really excited when she I saw, saw something online last night. The ten most disappointing things of season three. And this guy wrote number one. And I forget the woman's name. Um, what was her? It was a male name that she went with. Jack. Jack. Yes. Uh, the guy's thing was we didn't get to see Jack naked. Well, that Jack was, was number one. Don't get that me wrong. That was his number she one was thing. She was lovely. Um, that we never really got it. Like that they 
they went back to Zava last night, but just to... Well, I will also say that was by far the most, the oddest, yes. most... That implementation of that character to, was... To make it the central plot line for, for the season... Two, well, for at least right. two shows, for, he was the th- main... The season was built around Zava for terrible. there to be no payoff at all. It was terrible. For them, like, it, it felt like they he didn't... He doesn't show up the night of the championship correct. game in the locker room. It felt like they Dude, got to, they got to the finale and they were like, oh crap, we forgot about Zava. Yeah, that was And terrible. they had to force it back in somehow. Right. And they are like, here's an avocado? I kind of like the big avocado. <laughs> I don't get it. Okay, Chief. Yeah, (laughs) it definitely felt like they forgot to do the homework. They were like, "Oh crap, we were supposed to come back and do something with Zava, and we forgot to." So they had to force it back in somehow. It was absurd that there was no going back to the Zava storyline, which was the singular storyline to start the season. Um, A couple people that brought up to me the idea that they should the the Super League episode was good enough. That it probably should have been more of the central plot form for the plot for the season to me is fascinating. I remember when that Super League drama was unfolding, there was a tweet that was going around that was really popular. Like, I can't wait for Ted Lasso to address this and for Ted to see it, say, to look around and say, the real Super League is in our hearts or something like that, right? right? I, that episode was wonderful. And part of it is, you know, Sam Richardson is, is great and his character as part of the show has been great. Um, but I, I did feel that a little bit where. That should have been more of a plot line that dragged out for the course of the season. Like that should have been that. more. I, I, ask him to call back in five minutes, please. I would. I would agree with that. Yeah, I, like, I felt. You know that the whole. I mean, you could have done a lot with that, right? The whole males own soccer team type things. Mm-hmm. And we got a woman in here. Mm-hmm. What does she know? Like right. they could have really. They could have really and to keep revisit and, and make it so that she was struggling with it. Like right. there is a lot of money at stake, and right. you know, you saw her deal with that last night when you know she was told, "Well, the you know the club might be worth two billion at this point." Like what, really? Like, to make it seem like it was an issue for her as the season went on. I'm not sure what we should do here. I'm not. I'm not certain of what the answer is. I think that there would have been a lot more meat on that bone mm-hmm. that they could have continued to go with this season and could have been a great drama. And the concept of the Super League and Ted being the the conscience of the soccer fan and saying this doesn't make any. S-. I I think that that could. She have was been the a- second most to me. She was the most. She was the second most compelling character of, of the compelling character of the series. I I thought I Roy think, Kent was. Yeah. I thought Roy Kent was the most other than Ted. Roy Kent was the one that made the show sort right. of go. But she was a very, very compelling character and who started out in the show trying to sabotage the club, mm-hmm. trying to make a joke out of the club, then quickly discovered Ted was a likable guy, Yep, realized I'm in trouble, tried to sabotage him, told him that she tried to sabotage him, and Ted's response was, eh, right. people right. make mistakes. Correct. Like, I, I thought she was a real, and then, you know, she's going through, and I I can't identify with this, and neither can you, but w- women can. She was going through an an incredible life crisis, um, not only age-wise, but relationship-wise. Mm-hmm. She, you know, and the way she navigated through that, the way she was a little bit of a, of a motherly figure to Keeley, um, 
I, and you know, just the fact that she's a a woman in a in a men's world yep. in that yep. industry, yep. right? Um, I, I, she was a very very compelling character. I I don't know who else you would have plugged in there, but they would have be really hard pressed to find someone who would have done it as well as she did it. Part of that is too about is because of her size, and and her look, mm-hmm. right? She's she's very overpowering, yes. very dominating she, looking. She right? is. She com- she was a command- perfect commanding is right. the word that I would come up. But with. but and and so the the juxtaposition there is she is all of that, and yet the show routinely exposes her as weak mm-hmm. or troubled or self doubt or, or all right, you know, right, very right. human. I shouldn't say weak, but, right? But yes, but. Um, I thought her, her character was very, very compelling. So here, I'll wrap with this. If they do the spinoff that we assume that they're going to do. Well, you know, Ted's not in it because he gets killed. Cur- exactly right. He dies in the plane crash. Right. Um, if they do it, is it just the exact same show without Ted, or does it need to be a different concept with, sim- with the same characters? Interesting you would say that, because I think at the end, <coughs> when he gives Trent the book, he says, only one suggestion you should change the title. Right. It was oh, it won't, never, the show will never be Ted Lasso. But it was never right. about me. Right. No, the show will be AFC Richmond. If there's if there's a spinoff, right. that will be the But name I'm saying the, they've done that now. Right. They've, they, that would be the theme. It it never really was but, about but Ted, is, even is though it was. Is the look all of the same? Is the locker room, like, is it the exact same show just with a different name and no Ted? Or do they, I, I guess I would say this, too. What? What? What's what's why wouldn't you do it again? Like, and I, and I'm even saying like, if they do AFC Richmond and Roy's the coach, mm-hmm. and they lose seven in a row, why wouldn't Jason Sudeikis come back for two episodes? Like, what 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 is it? Why wouldn't you come back and I, be part of it? I don't get it. I thought. Look, I think the, I don't understand. The underlying this. element of this is that what we saw on the screen was very much Jason Sudeikis's own troubles, sort of being projected into Ted's character and learning more about, you know, sure. like him being so heartbroken by you know Olivia Wilde dating Harry Styles that he was literally throwing himself in front of the car to try to prevent her right. from leaving the family. Like I think we saw a lot of that projected, and I get the sense that he's just done. Like, he's just not... Why? You don't like money? I, I think it goes a step beyond that. I think that sometimes for artists, it's very difficult. Like, I'm, I can't put myself through this anymore. Okay. Um, and I, and I can the have... the County Crow should have done after a, well, a hard candy. They're playing at the beach the week that I'm down there. And I'm, I'm like, am I really going to do this to myself? Am I really going to go... really go watch Adam Duritz go through the motions yeah, for an hour and a half? miserable playing his songs that right. everybody loves. Right. Just right. hate the right. fact that he's right. famous and that he's got a... Um, I, I get that sense. Not to the point, like, do you feel differently if you're just asked, hey, come on, do a cameo, all you're doing is a FaceTime call to Roy? I could see where, like, a Ted cameo might pop up in the future, but I don't think he'll be a part of it in any significant way moving forward. And, I again, I think that I'm on board. Like, I know I'll watch. I think you can make it work, and I do think that Roy's well, not even saying there's going to be a spin No, they're right? not saying it. But they hinted around enough, like, we'd be interested in that, that, right. you know. I, I buy into it as a possibility. It's the best. It's the best. And I have not watched a lot of TV in a long time. I've got growing kids. And the other thing I watch is Handy Manny. Mm. Not anymore. Yeah, you, Ethan doesn't like it anymore. Yeah, he just, but, like last uh, year, yeah, right. he finally grew out I liked Handy it, Man. Ethan. Yeah, right. I'm like, Ethan, are we watching Handy Manny by, or by not? By the way, my wife is doing that with my kids, where she just thinks they're perpetually going to be three. She's like, you guys want to watch Paw Patrol? And they're like, 
No. Right. We we want to watch superheroes. We want to watch um I I don't know. <laughs> I I feel like I feel like this is the best show I've seen in in a long time. It's, it's, it's incredible. There's no question about that. Yeah. I, it it was so well done. So well done. Every show is a little bit different. Like I think that Succession has been the best show on television. I haven't for seen any of that. So unbelievably good. It's just in I got hooked un- on that Blackbird for six weeks. Watch oh that yeah, thing. you were talking that, about that. Oh my I haven't gosh. watched that. That I was so good. That. All right, I'll take a look at it. All right, uh, R.I.P. Sunday, to Ted. Su- <laughs> Sunday at noon. Yes. One five seven. The fan. Fairways yes. and greens. Yes. And what are you doing at DrewsMorningDish.com? I wrote today about the Oriole game experience. A lot of people disappointed this year. On field product, great. Game experience, not so great. So we got to get that sound system fixed. Wrote about. Sure. There's a lot of things regarding the sound of the game they should mm-hmm. fix, but that's a story for another day. Um, so anyway, wrote about that, and I did write a little bit about Ted today. So Very good. Yeah. At, All it's, right. at It's a Hooded Four Iron on Twitter is how you follow him. Appreciate you. All right, good girls. To see you. We'll see you soon. Drew Forrester, DrewsMorningDish.com, checking in with us here on GCR. Hey, expert and award-winning A.J. Michaels, heating, A.C., plumbing, and home performance will improve your home's energy efficiency and comfort levels. A.C. season is coming up fast. Actually, I'd say it's here. New rebates and discounts are available. More at ajmichaels.com. It is time for us to make our weekly trip to Bowie to chat with a member of the Bay Sox. Our next guest has been hot of late. Three of his last four starts have all been five-inning shutout efforts in which, you know, he's allowed, the last time out, one hit, no walks. Pretty good. He's Garrett Stallings, and he's with us now here on GCR. Garrett, it's Glenn. It's great to catch up, man. Thank you so much for taking the time for us. Yeah, no problem, Glenn. Thanks for having me. What have you been? All right, so baseball players are all superstitious. Like, you, you guys, you're the most superstitious people I know. What is it that you've been doing the last, you know, couple of times out? Did you, you know, wear the same pair of underwear? Did you... You know, eat eat dinner for breakfast. Like, what's what's been the the trick, and what do you keep doing the next time out to make sure it continues? Yeah, yeah. You know, we like to do things that that end up working well for us. And uh, I'll give you something funny, actually. Um, so I guess last last week I pitched on the road, and um, I had worn these high top gray cleats, right? You know, okay. it's typical. You wear gray pants on the road. You wear gray cleats on the road. Well. This time I was like, you know what? I pitched super well in those cleats. I'm going to wear them again here at home, even though we were, we were wearing white pants. And all my roommate and a few of the guys in the bullpen, they were, they were giving me a bunch of <laughs> flack for it. But I went out there and uh, threw five shot out again. So it looks like I'll be wearing those again on Sunday. That's um, damn right you will be. <laughs> and maybe for the rest of your uh, life. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, uh, you know, they didn't say anything to me, obviously, the day I was pitching. But uh after they were they were giving a good laugh at me. Uh, that's that's dude. I, you know what, man? I get it. I completely understand. If I was in it, no pun intended, if I were in your shoes, I'd be doing the exact same thing. There's no <laughs> doubt about it. Um, what has felt yeah. good recently, Garrett? Like what what is it that you feel like has been working for you that you have put together this really strong stretch these last couple of weeks? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think um, really I've just been you know, sticking to my process. A lot of times it's really just simplifying it. You know, a lot of the times, you know, we got a lot of, a lot of things on our mind, a lot of scouting reports, a lot of different moving parts. And I think sometimes we can overcomplicate it. And I feel like I've really kind of handled the things that I need to do. And I really have just gone out there and attacked guys and really uh, just trusted myself. You know, it's uh baseball, such a, 
you know, present moment. You have a good one, it feels like you're on the top of the world. You have a bad one, you feel like you're in the bottom of the pit. And, you know, I think it's, you just got to take care of each day. And I think ultimately a lot of things take care of themselves. I don't want to try to make it seem like you're old by any stretch of the imagination, because that's not the case. I would kill (laughs) to be 25 again at this point. But that being said, at 25 and at the double A level, does it start to feel a little bit like, hey, man, I this has got to get moving like now. Does it start to feel a little bit of that? And is any of that coming out in what we've seen in your performances lately? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think we always know that there's some pressure on us to, to perform at a high level. I mean, ultimately, all of my teammates' dream is to, to make it to the major leagues. And in order for that to happen, I think the easiest way is to perform at a high level and to be extremely consistent. So I'd be lying if it, if it wasn't on your mind to go out there and perform at the best. But again, you focus too hard and you press a little bit too hard, it can end up biting you in the rear end too. So it's kind of a mix in between. You know, obviously as competitors and as athletes, you want to do the best you can every time. Um, but there, there is a fine line of, you know, trusting what you can do and doing what you do well rather than going out and, you know, yeah. trying way too hard. Um, and I think, I think, like you said, being, a, being an older guy in this clubhouse, I think I've learned a lot over the years and, you know, have found out what's worked for me. And I think it's finally just clicking. He is Garrett Stallings for the Bowie Bay Sox. He's with us here on GCR. Garrett, what is right now to you the biggest difference like in, in, in the success that you found and getting to that next step, like getting to the point where you feel like you're ready to face major league level competition. What do you feel like the most significant difference is right between those two things right now? Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, every time you go out in a double A game, you're going to see talent that would probably surprise the average baseball fan. You know, mm-hmm. there's so many major league type um, players that are doing something the guys on TV are doing every night, hitting a ball 110 miles an hour, throwing a pitch 96, you know, throwing a nasty slider by someone. Things are happening every single game. I think, I think the major difference is really just probably between the years. I think everyone on our team is super talented. You don't, you don't make it to double A by accident. And I think, you know, probably the mental game and kind of trusting yourself and going about your business is it's probably the biggest separator. Uh, is it difficult to not when we talk about you know you can't go out there and too, is it difficult to not press is it difficult to not try to force that issue absolutely I think you can talk to any hitter after a game if they go over five and you know they may, you might say in the next day taking a few extra swings in the yeah. cage or take an extra glance at the scouting report and you know I think it's you got to go back it's like probably the most humbling game out there you know you go out there and you could hit the ball exactly how you wanted to, and it goes straight to someone, and you catch it. And or you could have an unlucky day, and you know, hit the ball 55 miles an hour off the bat and get three, you know, three hits. It's uh, it, it's it's an interesting game. So, like you said, I think you just got to look at it when we play 140 games, and you know, you got to go week by week, and you know, just scale it down a little bit. I understand that. I, 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 by the way, it sounds easy, right? But like as you pointed out, you, I know what it is that you're up against each time out. Um, Garrett, what you've seen in this organization, and it's interesting because I think there's this perception from the outside that the organization is loaded with position prospects and not necessarily as much with pitching prospects. And I wonder like, what you would say like, as you look around and the guys that you've been around, like, when, you, when you hear that or when you know, there's a suggestion that the, the pitching prospects aren't there in this organization, what does that make you feel? 
Yeah, no, I mean, I, it's incredible being a part of the number one farm system right now. I think you look top to bottom from, you know, our Florida league all the way up to AAA, who's arguably probably one of the best minor league teams offensively and just overall to, you know, maybe even play in the minors. It's, you know, we're just stacked with talent. I mean, you know, I think the pitchers probably do get overshadowed a little bit with the the incredible talent between some of the position players, but, you know, no, there's no, uh, there's no bad blood there at all. I think it's, it's, it brings more attention to the organization. I think it makes the hitters want to be better. I think it makes the pitchers want to be better, but there's definitely, uh, there's definitely some uh, unbelievable arms in the system for sure. All right, the um, the, let's let's get to some of the important stuff, right? Uh, what are you? We we have been talking so much this week. It's been like a big week for people to be talking about TV. We've been talking about Ted Lasso. Okay. We've been talking about Succession. Have you been watching anything recently? Have you like a movie, a show, anything that you said, dude? I just I'm looking for more people to talk to about this because it's something that I saw recently and I want to talk about it. It's... Honestly, I you you're probably just gonna. I mean, I'm the boring guy that sticks to the plan and all this stuff. I really haven't been watching a lot of TV. Man, um, man, you did mention, you did, you did mention Ted Lasso. I, I did watch the first two seasons. I definitely need to kick back on the third. What are you season. doing? I, I don't even, it. I don't even know. Has it, has, have all the episodes the fina- come out? The, the, fina- third the finale was yesterday. Yeah. The finale was yesterday. Oh, well then this is when I pick it up so I can watch it. Watch <laughs> you can it go straight through. Run, okay. Now that I understand yeah. actually, I, you know, what's really funny about that. I, I have a level of appreciation for it because when I do get into a show that's still airing, I actually start to get frustrated about the fact that I have to wait another week. Like <laughs> I, I actually get to, and it happened with me with Succession where I got caught up before this season, then I got very frustrated about the fact that I had to wait till another Sunday night in order to watch another episode. I get that. So what are what is um, yeah. what are you doing on Mondays then? Like what does your life look like on an off day? Yeah, well, unfortunately, I think we got back at about 5 a.m. last off day. Uh, so we, we crawled back in bed when we got back in. But, uh, you know, I typically – I may play some golf. I haven't played in a, in a few weeks now just with the, the way the schedule lines up. But uh, my, my roommate's got me playing uh, MLB The Show a little bit more. With him. Okay. It's been kind of fun. Okay. Uh, just playing some – some co-op with him, which has been fun. And it's it's so funny. You, you know, I think the other day we played with uh, – Jensen and Chase McDermott, and we're just on there, and it's like you think we can't get enough baseball, but then we get on, and <laughs> we know every player by name, and you know who do you, all the things. Who but, do you, you know. who do you play as when you play the show? Well, I think every every game you play in a ranked game, it seems like you have to face uh, Bob Gibson because uh, <laughs> he throws 104 and has five pitches, and um, but. No, he, my my roommate has a has a much more talented lineup, but I like playing that battle royale where you go in and just draft random players okay. and play like a quick three. I, I game. dig that. Um, I actually dig that. That's that's very cool. Who's your roommate, by the way? Uh, Jensen Elliott, actually, okay. and he he's off to a really hot start, and uh, he's uh, he's gonna I think make some some noise later this season as well. Uh, very cool, very cool. Um, the 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 Bay Sox have a lot going on this weekend. By the way, it is a massive week for you to get to Prince George's County Stadium. Uh, they're home tonight, and tonight they are celebrating as the Crangrejos Fantasmas de Chesapeake, which is just okay. perfect. I am so excited about that. Um, as they'll be rocking those uniforms. Then this weekend, 90s night with a fanny pack giveaway on Friday, which is perfect. <laughs> also, kids run the bases, fireworks. It's Star Wars night on Saturday. 
Um, you guys aren't doing a jersey for that, right? Like, that's not a. I think that's. I'm pretty sure that's just like. I, a, believe, I believe we are wearing a jersey. Oh, for that. dude. Dude. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I don't know. I, I'm not sure if I'm allowed to spoil anything, but it oh, looks pretty cool this man, year. Man, that is awesome. Uh, okay, do you. Or have How many of these, like, one off jerseys have you actually liked so much that you've kept over the years? Yeah, I um yeah, they give us an option to, you know, purchase any of the yeah. jerseys we want with uh make uh make really good gifts to give to people, but some of them are so cool you might want to just keep them yourself. So, I actually I I've seen all the Star Wars movies. I'm I wouldn't say I'm a die-hard Star Wars movie, but I did buy the Star Wars jersey last year that that's had cool. uh, you know, Darth Vader on it with like a big red lightsaber. It was super cool. That's so that's dope. Uh, that's dope. It's cool to collect some of these jerseys over the years. Also on Sunday, a Gunnar Henderson bobblehead giveaway. So a lot going on with the Bay Sox this weekend, baysox.com, in order to get your tickets. Um, Garrett, I know you're on Twitter at GStalls with a Z. Are you on Instagram that Orioles fans can be giving you a follow? I am. I am. Uh, I was trying to. I was trying to figure out what it was, and I couldn't find it off the top of my head because I think Instagram was down. That's I think. I think it's Garrett H. Stallings. Garrett H. Stallings. All right, give him a follow right there, Um, dude. May this. You know, keep rocking those shoes first of all, because like (laughs) it's working at the moment. May that continue. I look forward to seeing what happens the rest of the season. Best of luck, man. Thank you so much for hopping on and spending some time with us this morning. Yeah, I appreciate you guys. Thanks for thanks for having me on, and uh, hope you have a great rest of your day. Thanks, dude. Garrett Stallings, the Bowie Bay Sox, with us here on GCR. Again, who has had a really nice stretch of late trying to uh, really get things into hyperdrive and move towards the major league level. All right, speaking of the Bay Sox, if you want to go see them and all of the area's minor league teams, what you need to do is get right now to pressboxonline.com slash contests because we are giving you the chance to win four tickets to all of the area minor league baseball teams, plus an Easy Pass Maryland on-the-go transponder preloaded with $25 and a $50 gas card from Royal Farms in order to help you get around. You must be 18 or older in order to enter. The sweepstakes ends June 14th, so we are in the final two weeks of this because it was tied to this print issue of PressBox, which is available for free at your neighborhood Royal, Royal... What did I just say? At your neighborhood Royal Farms. Royal Harms? That sounds terrible. I don't know what a royal harm. Well, actually, yeah, royal. uh, It's what they were apparently trying to do to uh, uh, Megan and um, oh, and Harry Harry a couple weeks ago, and they were chasing around New York. Royal harm. Yeah, right. Your neighborhood royal farms. Go get it. That's uh, Jackson Holiday, an illustration of him on the cover as we dive into the pipeline of talent that still exists, despite the fact that Gunner and Grayson and Adley all got to the major league level. And again, we're giving the chance to go see them all. PressBoxOnline.com slash contests is how you get signed up. When we come back in, Reed Wiseman, a legitimate badass, someone who's actually accomplished and is really cool. He's going to the moon. Something nobody's done in over 50 years, which is crazy to me. We will chat with the Baltimore native when we come back in. It's Glenn Clark Radio. Are you a diehard O's fan looking for the perfect way to show your team spirit? Look no further than Birdland Sports. Birdland Sports is a small business run by fans for fans. They offer a wide variety of unofficial O's merchandise from the Birds Are Coming tees to player cartoon shirts and more. And the best part? Their prices are more affordable than the big guys. So head to BirdlandSports.com and grab your gear today. Show your support for the Birds with Birdland Sports. 
The latest edition of Press Box is available now. On the cover, Luke Jackson looks at the pipeline of talent still to come for the Orioles. Diving in on last year's number one pick, Jackson Holiday, and other top prospects like Colton Kowser, Heston Kerstad, Kobe Mayo, and more. Also inside, Todd Karpovich profiles Orioles pitcher Kyle Gibson. And Bo Smolka breaks down what progress would mean for the team's 2022 draft picks in their second pro season. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores, and you can always find the entire edition as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. That first sip. That first bite. Mm. Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. What air conditioning company can save 50% of your energy cost and qualify you for up to $7,500 in rebates? A.J. Michaels. We do more, we do it better for less. In Baltimore and Annapolis, ajmichaels.com. If you miss anything on the show, don't forget that you can watch full episodes at youtube.com slash pressboxonline, and you can download podcasts on Apple, iTunes, Amazon, and Grindr. Wait, did I say Grindr? I don't think that you would find it on Grinder. Not that I know it's on Grinder or anything. I swear. Second thought, you know what? I don't care what you think. Here's Glenn. All right, back in here on GCR as we continue along on a Thursday edition of the program. Stan the Fan Charles back in action tonight. He and Gary Stein are going to catch up with Terry Hasseltine, the executive director of Maryland Sports, talk about everything that's going on this summer. You'll be able to watch it live, facebook.com slash pressboxsports. If you miss it live, you can see it tomorrow, youtube.com slash pressboxonline or pressboxonline.com slash video. So John Harbaugh did Adam Jones' podcast, apparently, and among the things that he said was that the Ravens are planning on going to London earlier this time around than they did the last time. And it's funny because when we had Marty Morningweg on, he kind of brought that up as being something that he would suggest. It's weird to me, like, I, I, and I, I understand that the concept that was presented was don't try to adjust to London time. Like, don't just, right. just like, go. Go on and like, get there on Friday, right? Is that what? And that was what teams were essentially asking players to sleep on the plane on Thursday night and just get to it on Friday. <coughs> and I don't think there's a correct answer. I really don't know like what the appropriate way is to handle this because I, I I think if we knew that then it it would be science at this point I think everybody's got opinions about how best to handle it but I can tell you in speaking to players that I have talked to about the experience the part where you're expected to use the flight as like your downtime is not like they 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 have said that's one of the great mistakes that teams have made. And I get where they're coming from. Like, you need actual downtime on your own, you know, in your own room, a- away from work. You need to be able to decompress. And the flight, you're that's part of work. Like, th- that's part of to think that that's going to be your downtime, your decompression time doesn't work, and that you're catching up 
the entire time, it's interesting to me. I wonder if teams are starting to come around on the things that these players have told me about these trips to London. I've had multiple players talk about this, like this expectation that you sleep on the flight and that like you wake up and you're just ready to go yeah, to work. Rejuvenated. Yeah, like that's nonsense. Nonsense. And essentially, I think teams are going to have to start doing like a Monday, Tuesday work week, fly on Wednesday, maybe use Thursday to recover, and then another practice on Friday, something like that. I, I don't, again, I'm not suggesting that I have the perfect plan, but John Harbaugh told Adam Jones that the plan is that they are going to go out to London earlier this time around. Maybe they should just do the thing that they were going to do the first time and just take the cruise ship out. Yeah, I don't. I don't think they're going to do that, but well, I don't think that's going to happen. A football field on the cruise that's ship. Not, that would you, be... know, you understand that's not real, right? Like not not just that it was an April Fool's joke, but like the concept is not real. They could make it real though. How? Put a football field on a, on a cruise ship. Sure. Yeah. They're just going to gut half a football field. They're going to gut know. a. Cru- yeah, that makes all the sense in the world. Yeah. Limit yourself. With with eighty players to a half a field with which to practice for the week. That's 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 fascinating. You watch uh, the first team that does it and they win by fifty. And then, are we not, sure that's not what the Jags did? Not gonna happen. That's also, uh, Tom Brady says, "Don't stop it, stop it." He says he's not going to play for the Raiders. Of course, the story is that uh, it was discovered that Jimmy Garoppolo had failed a physical and had this clause sort of like written into his contract related to failing a physical. And then the Raiders still were believed, like, the thought was they were going to get one of the, the, the top quarterbacks. And they did draft a quarterback, but it was like it was one of the Big Ten quarterbacks, wasn't it? it was, um, was it Aiden O'Connell? That was, it was, it was either O'Connell or Mertz or, you know, one of those guys was drafted by the Raiders. I just don't remember which one it was. It could have been O'Connell. Um, but what? I'm trying to find it, sorry. All right, thank yeah, you very yeah, yeah, much. It is O'Connell. Yeah, Aiden, Aiden O'Connell, O'Connell was the one that was drafted by with all those guys drafted was Tanner Morgan was drafted was I'm trying to remember who cares who cares I don't know why I'm spending this much time talking about it Um, but he's not a legitimate he went undrafted signed the Stillers and then what about Mertz did Mertz get drafted why do I care why do I care why is it that I'm even asking these questions oh uh, Clifford got drafted didn't he Sean Clifford yeah Sean Clifford did he's the other Big Ten quarterback that got drafted Um, Brian Hoyer is the only other quarterback that would be... Graham Mertz transferred to Florida. He's still in college. Yeah. I did not know that. I just learned something today. He's going to try and replace Anthony Richardson. Apparently. Um, but, but Sean Clifford definitely got drafted. That definitely happened. Moral of all of this. Why we're spending this much time. Packers. <laughs> Thank you. Um, they don't really have another option. Like, they don't have a legit, like, you can't mm. even squint. Like, if they had drafted Hendon Hooker, then you could say, well, that's a viable backup plan. Cam Newton's out there. To, thank you. Um, sure, and he's going to continue to be out there. Um, if they had drafted Hooker, that's a viable backup plan. So the thought would be that Brady, who's, a, I, I guess, still is going to be a part of the ownership group somehow or something like that. For the Raiders, is that what? I believe, yeah. I believe that's the case. Would have been the viable backup plan, right? Like, he's the guy that if, Garoppolo isn't really ready to go, then they'll just call Tom Brady and say you're going to come play for you us. You got to come down from your suite today, today, right. and you're going to actually throw the football. Well, I would think okay. they would do it before the game began. I don't <laughs> think they would wait until that deep in order to do it. Um, but uh, he says, "No, I'm not playing. That's not the way that things are going to go." And I think I believe him. Like I think so. I would think so. I mean, they they're they're reporting it that he said it too. So he gave them the quote 
So if he said it, as long as he, I think, owns it, I think he's happy about it. But he, you know, again, the he, sni- was, this isn't he announced his retirement once before. He Well, they, he didn't. But no, 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 he did. He announced his retirement after it had been reported that he was retiring and then changed his mind. But that's this. there's this sort of like revisionist history that he didn't actually retire. No, he did. He announced that yeah. he was retiring. Well, it's because Schefter ruined his <laughs> his. Ability so, to retire himself. So worked up about these things. This is a real it's retirement. So worked up about I these guess. things. Also, it's a real quote. Uh, he says, he, I'm certain I'm not playing again. I'm certain. Let's see if there's any holes in there. That's what I'm it is. certain. Did he? No. I'm certain I'm not playing again. It's pretty direct. Pretty direct. <laughs> no way around it. Um, but he is part of the owner. He did in some capacity join the ownership group of the Raiders. So I think that that's going to be what he's going to be grilled about is, you know, like, well, what happens if. What happens? Uh, we'll see. That's all we can say is we'll see. All right, we had to do this a little bit earlier on today because of his busy schedule, getting ready to go to the moon, but an opportunity to catch up with a Baltimore native. He is astronaut Reed Wiseman, and he joins us now here on GCR. Well, what an honor it is to be joined again here on GCR by a man who is going to the moon. It is unbelievable. He will lead Artemis II in 2024, first crewed travel to the moon in over 50 years and he is a product much like myself of the baltimore county public school system we can debate which one of us has been more successful because of it he is the great reed wiseman and he's back with us now here on gcr reed it's glenn in baltimore it's so great to catch up with you man thank you for taking the time for us uh, you bet, Glenn. With an introduction like that, I don't even want to talk. I'll just let you keep going. <laughs> hey, uh, congratulations is the first thing that comes to mind. I know this isn't your first time, obviously, going to space, but like those words, you're going to the moon. How how does that strike you when you think about it? I uh, I think it's still unbelievable to me, uh, quite a bit. I you know we have about 18 months of training ahead of us. I think as we step through that, it will become a little bit more real. Uh, I was also at the Artemis One launch in November, which was an uncrewed test flight of this vehicle out to the moon. And I know when that rocket left the pad at the Kennedy Space Center, and you could you could see the the moon deep on the horizon, and the the rocket started heading that way, and it was just kind of it was a moment of I couldn't believe this. I wasn't alive in Apollo, mm-hmm. and uh, it was wild to watch that rocket start tracking out towards the moon. I, it is. It's un, can, you, can you explain for dummies like me that are like, what, why didn't we go to the moon or why do we need to go to the moon? Can you dumb it down so even dopes like me that went to Perry Hall can understand it? Uh, Perry Hall, uh, Delaney rivalry has always been a good one. <laughs> uh, we, we really want to see humans on Mars. We want to be expanding civilization, expanding the human footprint. We also want to be conducting uh, science and research across our solar system so that we can better understand who we are as people, what our planet looks like. Uh, so if you want to put humans on Mars, uh, the moon is a great first destination. When we went in the 1960s and 70s, it was technological demonstrations, uh, a little bit of science, actually a pretty robust science platform. And we were trying to achieve President Kennedy's goal of landing humans on the, on the moon and returning them safely by the end of the 1960s. And we did all of that. Uh, when you look at what we're doing now, uh, wanting to send humans to Mars, the first stepping stone is the moon, to go to learn, to work off of our planet, to learn how the moon was created, uh, what it means for us on Earth, and then on to Mars. So it really is just a stepping stone. And, you know, I, I've been telling people, when you, when folks first got on a ship and sailed across the Atlantic o- Ocean, I think everybody thought they were crazy. Mm-hmm. And now we get on a plane and we cruise across in a few hours. 
And that's what I think it will be in a couple of years as we're heading on to Mars. You know, just jumping over to the moon will seem like nothing. You're telling me this is real. Like, you're telling – we see this type of stuff in movies, obviously, Matt Damon and whatnot. But you're, like, telling me that it's real, that at some point you believe a human being could end up on Mars. We have rovers and helicopters on Mars right now. So, yeah, absolutely 100% humans will be on Mars. We'll, we'll, we'll be throughout the solar system. It's going to take time. It takes money. It's going to take some – technological revolutions but we will be there wow that is unbelievable baltimore's own reed wiseman is with us he will lead artemis 2 for nasa in 2024 to the moon um reed i know you've talked about how the challenger disaster like sort of shaped your interest in space when you were a child i wonder if you still deal with like fears and i i bring up the content i jumped out of a plane for the first time a couple years ago and i hadn't like dealt with anxiety or fear in a long time in my life but I had a legitimate panic attack the night before, and all I was doing was jumping out of a plane with uh, the Navy or the Army, I guess it was. Um, do you deal with any of that, like when you go to space, when you think about the moon? Do you, or is this sort of just like old hat for you? Like, eh, whatever, I'm going to the moon. Uh, Glenn, I have never jumped out of an airplane, so you you plus one me there. I, uh, I, I like the way that you explained that. You know, the night before you're scared, but then uh, when it happens, I bet you are still scared. I don't know. Um, I think jumping out of an airplane would be quite scary, but I think that's the right philosophy. You know, a couple days before anything, you, you get a little worried. You have fear. That's normal. Um, you don't really want to say goodbye to your kids because that hurts hurts you a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then once once you're doing the act, it's all about accomplishing the mission. And I think those fears go away. You're well-trained. You trust the people who have created the machine that you're operating. You trust the machine that you're operating and you trust your own capabilities. And then you go get it done. Everything that we do as humans is dangerous. Getting in your car and driving to work this morning was dangerous. Um, but if we are not out there pushing the bounds and exploring and trying new things, uh, then we've kind of given up. And that's not where we need to go. So, okay, when you're going through some of those feelings, do you have to try to hide them because you don't want anybody to know that you're dealing with, like, legitimate fear and, you're hey, you're supposed to be the captain here? Or are you able to be honest about it and sort of talk through what it is that you're feeling? I think exactly the honest route because I, I want to express my fears. It's a pretty age we live in where we can do that now. Um, and I want to enable space for my crewmates to talk and for ground teams to talk. And if we're all hiding our emotions then you're tamping out uh, people who might want to say something. So I try to be as expressive as possible and let people know when I'm worried or when I don't feel worried. I think it's important to communicate. Uh, all right. We're chatting with Reed Wiseman. He's headed to the moon. Reed, we talk to baseball players all the time, and they are like the most superstitious people in all of sports. They get three hits in a game, and they'll wear the same pair of underwear the next day or something like that. I wonder – this is so much more significant than playing baseball. Do you have any superstitions – when you go to space, is there anything that you say like, hey, I got to keep this picture of my daughter, something like that, that you just, you know, whatever it is, whether it means something or not, you continue to do and you will do when you're on Artemis too. Uh, of course, I think we all have our own superstitions. I don't know anyone who doesn't. Um, we will have a weightless indicator in the vehicle with us because we always fly with that. It'll be something like a stuffed animal on a string okay. so that we're floating, we know we're in space. Um, I do have some superstitions. I launched in 2014 on a Russian rocket, and there were layers of superstitions involved in that. Um, so there will be a few, but right now I haven't quite sorted that out yet. <laughs> I hope I'm underwear three days in a row, but I might be. Can you tell us what they were in 20 when you were on the, the last one? Can you tell us what it was? Uh, well, the, well, I think one of the funniest things, uh, I flew with this great Russian, Maxim Surayev. He was my commander. 
and a few days before launch, a black cat came out of the forest yeah. and ran across our path, and he turned around. I thought he was not going to fly. I mean, he was really <laughs> serious, horrible. And then two days later, a dragonfly flew by and landed on him, and he was like, oh, that clears the cat superstition, so now we can go fly. And he was 100% serious. That's so great. Um, uh, Reed, you've talked about you know being an, an Orioles fan and a Ravens fan. I, I know this sounds silly and trite, but like, you, when you're when you're on a mission, you are literally at work 24/7, and I imagine that can get whether it's monotonous or difficult or the the toll, as you mentioned, being away from your family, things like that. Um, can you explain? D- does it being a sports fan, checking in? Hey, what did the Orioles do last night? Things like that. Can there be legitimate help in dealing with that, being away from home and being constantly working in those situations? One hundred percent. When I was on the space station for six months, the Orioles started sending up like four minute recaps of the games and I would watch them in the morning. And it, you know, I can't really talk about the weather with my dad or my kids, but I can talk about the the sports game and I can try to follow something. And as humans, we want any sort of connection, you know, we're social creatures and we want that connection. And so being able to follow sports teams, being able to, even when I was training in Russia, you know, I watching the Ravens play, I would stay up really late or get up really early to watch them. So that sort of connection back to home, it really means something. That's awesome. It it seems silly, but that's really great. All right, and then last one for you, if I could. Sig Meidel, the assistant general manager of the Baltimore Orioles, worked at NASA. Did did you guys, have you ever connected uh, in any way? And do you have an understanding of how experience with NASA could help in what the Orioles have done in sort of, you know, building this unbelievable team from, from out of nowhere in these last couple of years? I, I love watching this team rebuild. Uh, I have not met Sig. I will have to change that. Yeah. Um, but any anytime, you know, NASA is a team sport. Going to space is a team sport. We have a crew on the vehicle, and then we have an enormous support team in Mission Control, Houston, that are doing their absolute best to keep us alive and keep the vehicle achieving the mission. And I think that looks a lot like the Orioles. Uh, or the Ravens, you know, you've got these key players out on the field, but then you've got everyone in the dugout, everyone on the sideline, everybody in management, and you're all trying to achieve the same exact goal, which is to bring home that world championship. And I think there's so many parallels to those two worlds. Uh, Astro underscore Reed on Twitter, and it's such a cool Twitter follow. If, if you got the last time he was up, it was amazing to see your pictures. Reed, I, I don't know what else there is to say, man. You're you're unbelievable. You're truly an incredible person and someone that uh, everyone in this area is so proud of it's going to be awesome to see you head up to the moon uh grateful that you spend a couple of minutes with us this morning we'd love to do it again down the road thank you so much if you if you could go back to be at the lady high school and tell me that a kid <laughs> at perry hall say something like that ah. I, it would blow me away we have are, a great day Glenn. thanks reed as reed wiseman uh delaney's own he is again going to the moon and um i don't know how he hasn't connected with sig Midel yet that seems odd that connection hasn't been made at some point, um, but uh, incredible. Really, I'm I'm humbled by it's. It's funny when he says like I haven't jumped out of a plane. I'm like, dude, you're going to the moon. How could you possibly be afraid of jumping out of a plane? If my dumbass can do that, you're going to the moon. Uh, that's crazy to me, but uh, really appreciate that and and truly very proud of uh, Reed Wiseman and him representing our area and, uh, you know, showing what you can accomplish. It's it's funny, like, it, you know, again, he went to Delaney. He didn't go to a, you know, a private school. He didn't come from 
exponential wealth. He went to Delaney and then to RPI and then joined the Navy, and that was his path to, to getting to NASA. Um, it's pretty remarkable, and a, I think it's a statement to young people in this area of, about what it is they're capable of accomplishing. You can either be a mediocre uh, radio talk show host or you could go to the moon, one or the other. Slightly above mediocre, right? That's like yeah, yeah, it depends on the day. There are days, okay. there are days, yeah, yeah. right? Then there are days where I just say, no, mediocre. Just about right, mediocre. I would have settled for mediocre from uh, the Orioles pitching yesterday. Mm. Yuck. Yeah, just I mean, yuck. Like, what was kind? Of, I mean, it just it was it was it was just very odd that they didn't really have that plan at all. Yeah, that's what like, we were talking about at the top of the show. I'm just yeah. very confused by what the thought process was. Like in hindsight, if you didn't think Voth was ready to go for an extended, if you believe that Voth was ready to give you five innings, I am confused why you wouldn't have given Cole Irvin the shot to start. Like that's the part that I just keep coming back to. Not to we suggest could, that we could put on a. So this is a tweet from Alex Fast, who, mm-hmm. who put on the tinfoil hat kind of. Uh, mm-hmm. And he was so, so Irvin obviously started yesterday, had mm-hmm. a good, had a decent start, and then oh, yeah, a really good start. Yeah, didn't he? and then the yeah he went six innings actually, yeah two earned runs. Um, I mean we would have taken that for sure. Well, I mean look, let's not let's not pretend like that means that's what he yeah. would have done. Uh, yeah, six innings. Um, but obviously so five the, hits, no walks, two earned runs. The, and he had gone. He had a solid five inning start. The start before that. Like he had pitched seven innings and back to back starts. There's this one, like, I don't know if him being called up a couple weeks ago was what screwed things up, but it would have been outside the 10 day window right. since he had been and, sent back. And the injury to Mullen should have, like, kind provided of the it, opportunity yeah, yeah, for them to just add that other, like, add it, like, be right. able to call and then up Right. And then they could have replaced aiken on the roster with hicks in order to make that work if they had needed to do that yeah. anyway go ahead um but just so the director of team travel gets fired and irvin is down in norfolk so 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 the okay. connection yeah i saw that, that. <laughs> it was it was quickly debunked because because apparently the this is retroactive to friday the firing of the team travel yeah, it's, it's a, uh, according to dan Connolly. yeah i, I I, I don't have any thought whatsoever on the director of team travel being fired. Okay. Also, like, when I saw it, I was like, this must be somebody who has been with the organization for a long... If, if we care about the director of team travel being fired, it's got to be somebody who's been with the team for, like, 40 years. And then they were like, He's been, they've been with the team since 2021. I'm like, I, I'm sorry. I feel. I guess I feel bad for the person. I don't know them. Uh, I don't ever want anybody to get fired. I, I would like to think that if this is the case, there's probably more to the story. Than, than we're seeing at this point, but I just can't get all that worked up about a two-year employee <laughs> being fired. I don't. I can't. I don't know. It was other, weird other than that. We, that Urban maybe there. should have been in Baltimore. Right. You think that this is this yeah. is all the fault? I, I. It's very weird in hindsight. Now look, we weren't talking about it yesterday. It's not like we were saying demanding why isn't Cole Urban making the start. Yeah. But we didn't know they were going the Keegan Aiken route until noon, essentially, and yeah. then we were like. Okay, I guess if you're trying, and even then we were like, could you get two to three innings from Aiken, and then go to Hyde? Thought he could get two, and then he barely—I mean, barely got one. It it, it was a mess. I just don't know why that was the more desirable option. To to Drew's point about maybe once they realized that Austin Hayes wasn't going to be available, and they were going to be trotting out this Hearn, they sort of said, "Ah, what the hell?" You know, like (laughs) it is what it is. But you scored eight runs, and right. that's the very frustrating part of it. It's extraordinarily frustrating that when your offense has been struggling, you get a four-run 
two-out rally. Two outs, nobody on base. Off of Shane Bieber. Off of Shane Bieber. You score seven. Wait, was it seven off of of Bieber? Yeah. Yeah. I think it was seven. seven. Yeah, it was seven off of Bieber. And you can't win that game? Man. You know. But it also goes back to recognizing leverage situations. Like, this, what one situation is going to be different yesterday where the Guardians just, they were just cooking and no matter what, they were going to cook. But there is a part of me that says, like, in the fifth inning, if the bases are loaded, maybe, and again, Cano, that's part of the problem with having to use Cano for more than an inning the night before. He almost certainly wasn't available. Although you do have an off day today, I, I think you could have used Cano in a situation. Even if it's early, that could be the, the difference in the game. And ultimately, after that five-run inning, they were never, never able to recover, and they never were able to get back in the game. It's really frustrating to lose a game where you score eight runs and you put seven up against Shane Bieber. That's With that lineup, that's very frustrating, man. That's very frustrating. But it's one game. I, I do, again, they don't need they don't need a starter, a Until fifth starter, for a while. We did this math yesterday. Yeah, it it's a while like before they need a weeks. fifth starter. Well, no, it's... It's yeah. It's next weekend. It's not. Oh yeah, this, you're right. You're right. Yes. It's um Sunday. Next Sunday. Is it Sunday or is it Saturday? Saturday. 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 Yeah. Saturday. It's not this Saturday. It's the following Saturday. Now the question becomes: Do they want to hold out for that? I'm guessing they will. I think their choice will be to hold out, or do they want to go ahead and you know get a rotation to get if Cole Irvin's going to be the guy rejoining the rotation? Do they want to go ahead and have him start? What would that be next? Wednesday would be the next, you know, like turn for in the rotation for a a fifth. Mm. Well, yeah, if Irvin pitched yesterday, Norfolk's off on Monday. It would be his next turn for Irvin would be next Wednesday. Do you want to keep him on turn and keep the rest of your staff on turn by the extra day and have him start on Wednesday, or do you just want to use the off day to reset and and have your next fifth starter be next Saturday? Cole Irvin was here to be a starter. He has pitched well. I I think I think he's earned the right to start to get this spot in the rotation. So I would be inclined to have Irvin start whether it's next Wednesday or next Saturday, whatever you think is best, I would be inclined to go ahead and put him in the rotation next time through. I think at this point it would almost be shameful it would be a bit embarrassing if the Orioles didn't do that. So it has to be the answer. It's yeah. just befuddling why they thought that was the answer yesterday. Um, and Bruce Zimmerman was scheduled to start today, and they're, now Norfolk is rescheduling things. Uh, apparently Bruce Zimmerman will not make his scheduled start today, according to Rakubako. So, But that, in fairness, that could be to replace Aiken in the bullpen. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, if I, I, again, I don't know what the point of Aiken being here was to begin with. But if that's related to the Orioles, that doesn't necessarily mean that Zimmerman's starting as much as that could just mean... He's going to be a bullpen arm. Right? Like, the, the odd part being... Are, are we... Are we? I don't know. How, how much longer do we keep Sino Perez around? Like, he can't get more than one out at it. I mean, he can't get more than one out. That is literally his problem. Like... Um, it's really tough, man. And I, I tweeted about it yesterday, right? Like, I'm just, but I'm so surprised that CNL Perez was struggling in this situation. Um, no, that you can't. 
You're right. You can't. There's no justification for it. There's no justification for CNL Perez to continue. I, I know we saw talent last year, but let's not pretend like there's such a track record with CNL Perez. And at this point, I do wonder even how desirable he would be, you know, being available because you have to DFA him, right? Like, mm-hmm. I, I don't even know. I get it. There are teams that simply don't have a lot of talent and would say, let's take a shot. Like, I'm not I'm not saying it's certain. Two weeks ago, I was certain that you couldn't get CNL Perez through, that CNL Perez would be scooped up because of the talent. But remember, it was, it was like Eve Rosenbaum who found CNL Perez. It's not even like there's somebody else from the Astros system that would say, like, the people that found CNL Perez are all here now. So... I don't know who yeah. that is. And are we really that worried? I mean, like, I understand the yeah. argument is like, who so cares what? if somebody yeah. does, right? That's tricky. Like losing an, what, somebody, what they believe is talent and an asset, that's always a difficult thing for an organization to go through. I am p- far more inclined to agree with you that there's just no justifying it any longer. It was different when it was, you know, hey, you got to create a spot for Dylan Tate who's got to go. And you said... You know, well, it's it can't be Bauman, even though Bauman wasn't necessarily great yesterday. But no, mm-hmm. you know. I mean, he's been our third best reliever. Correct. <coughs> this isn't. We're not talking about Tate any longer. Tate's not going to be here anytime soon. So, like, what are you getting rid of CNL Perez for? To the point, is it Bruce Zimmerman, Vespi, or whoever else is down? I mean, you're just, just giving somebody else a shot is essentially the answer. And I'm, I, I kind of get it. Like this is this is so bad, and he's I mean, he's a waste of a rock. He, I, he he faces three he faces three batters and he gets pulled. I whether don't, I don't he gets zero outs or three yeah, outs, I don't disagree and, with you at this. Point. And I don't think he's ever got. Has he gotten? When's the last time he got three outs in a game? I couldn't tell you when the last time was that he got three outs in a game. Um, you know, I pull up CNL Perez's game log. No, he's been uh, brutal. I mean, just yeah. absolutely brutal. So no, I. And you might be right. Maybe that is what it is. Is that they're finally making a decision on CNL Perez? They were. Getting everybody on the flight last night, and they were like, hey, <laughs> why did you come over here? Like, why don't you come chat with us for a minute? Everybody's getting on the flight except for you. <laughs> and, I mean, it, and it's, I mean, it is disappointing just because of how yeah. surprising and how great he was last year. No doubt. No and doubt. He was a revelation last year. Uh, he did get three guys out against the, um, against the, the Rangers on the first. Uh, oh, so over the weekend? Yeah. Oh, okay. The, all right. All right. It was, I mean, I don't even remember this. What was the game on the twenty sixth? That what, would be that Friday. Friday. So, so that in, was the, that the was blood the shelling bath, <laughs> in the bloodbath. He got in and worked uh, an inning where he gave up one hit. Um, he has not had a. And then it was the really, Thursday. A, he has not had a really effective outing since the Angels on the sixteenth, where he went two innings and struck out two and did not give up a base runner. And I forgot that ever happened. I guess that's maybe their problem is that there was a stretch there, May 14th, 16th, or 18th. So three yeah, games where he went four innings and allowed one total base runner. So so that's their... That probably reset them and said, he's figuring it out. He's getting back to what we expected him to be. And now, again, the last two outings have been dreadful. I, yeah. It's difficult. It's very difficult. I mean, I, I am with you. I'm inclined to say... Just, just get on with it. But I can see why they would say. But if, if the, if the guy we're doing this for isn't somebody that we're confident in either, are we? Do, why are we doing it just to do it? I think that would be the tricky part for them. Yeah, I'm, I get it. I still think I'm with you. I still think it's 
You've gotten your answer. Like it's, yeah, okay. I, I'm, I'm in agreement with you. That you try to get him through, and if you can get him back to Norfolk, great. If you lose him, you lose him. Life goes on. But for them, I think they might say internally, we're, we're willing to do that. If we were getting an, if it was Dylan Tate, we'd be willing to do that. But to call up Nick Vespi, who's just never been that guy, mm-hmm. why but, are we losing someone who has shown us he's capable of doing this at the major league level to bring up somebody that we have no idea if they're capable of doing at the major league level? And I think it's a fair, I, I think that's a fair question that they would have to ask themselves if they were to make a move like that. Today's show uh, brought to you by PressBoxOnline.com slash offers, where offers are changing all the time. If you said, I've been to PressBoxOnline.com slash offers. Offers constantly change because we're offering new sports bettors the best sign-up bonuses and promos from the seven legal online sports books here in the state of Maryland. Go to PressBoxOnline.com slash offers right now. Get offers like $150 in bonus bets from DraftKings after you place your first $10 bet. Or up to $1,250 in bonus bets from Caesars. Time is limited to get the best offers from all of the sports books. Go to pressboxonline.com slash offers and sign up today. What a freaking disappointment Yannick Center is, man. Oh, my gosh. Is he going to? He's going to lose. No way. It's just such a disappointment, bro. And I'm Italian. Like, uh, so my family is Italian, so like I have this thing where I root for it. Too. Like I root for ba- Baratini. What the hell? God, they're all just so disappointing. They're all disappointing. I will come back in. I do want to touch briefly on there's been a lot of hubbub this week. The SEC is having their annual meetings and a lot of talk about the the NFL model. What is that? We'll talk about it next, and we'll get a tidbit and tidbit to wrap it up. It's Glenn Clark Radio. The All-America Senior Game, powered by New Balance, will be back at Johns Hopkins Homewood Field on July 29th. The most decorated girls and boys lacrosse players in the country have been invited to play in what is the premier lacrosse event of the year. Every college coach wants their players in this game, and if you dream of being in this game, you start by trying out for one of your regional underclass teams this summer. The best against the best. Get your tickets now at allamericalacrosse.com. The Orioles are off and running out to prove that last season wasn't a fluke and they are one of the best teams in baseball. Hi, I'm Paul Valley, host of the Bat Around for Press Box. Tune in every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon as Zach Goodman and I break down every Adley bomb, every Tony Tater, and every save from the mountain. Like a warm hug from Rutschman, the Bat Around has you covered with all things Orioles as we embark on what's sure to be a magical summer in Birdland. So tune in every Saturday for the best in Orioles coverage right here on the Bat Around. Whether your focus is luxury and comfort, convenience and technologically advanced connectivity, or sporty performance and aggressive styling, we've got the perfect Highlander for you. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Highlanders from your local Toyota dealer today. Costas Inn has been serving up delicious steamed crabs for over 50 years. Lately, the crabs you want to eat when the weather warms up have gotten harder and harder to get. So get your crab-eating game plan in place. Make sure to stick this number on your fridge, 410-477-1975. Call ahead and reserve the size crabs you want. You may be able to walk in, but you may also be disappointed at the size or maybe even get shut out altogether. So call ahead, have a plan, and then arrive on your crab-eating vacation. Costas also has delicious crab soup and crab cakes. The Costas Inn at 4100 North Point Boulevard. For more than 50 years, they've been satisfying crab lovers in and around Baltimore. That first sip. 
That first bite mm, starts your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. If you need more of Glenn, you can also hear him every Sunday with Rita on 105.7 The Fan. But also, if you need more of Glenn, um, what's wrong with you? All right, back in here on GCR as we continue along here on a Thursday edition of the program. Again, pressboxonline.com slash contest is the website for you to sign up. Win four tickets to all of the area minor league baseball teams. I don't know why you wouldn't have already signed up by now, but if you haven't, you can also win a $25 Easy Pass Maryland on-the-go transponder and a $50 gas card from Royal Farms in order to help you get around and see all of these teams. Got to be 18 or older in order to enter. Again, pressboxonline.com slash contest is the website. So a lot going on this week. This week is the SEC meetings. All the coaches and athletic directors get together down in Hoover, Alabama, Paul Feinbaum, you know, that's 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 what it is. Marlon Humphrey and country. What's that? Marlon Humphrey country. Um, is he Hoover? Is he Hoover? I don't know. I know it's a Hoover High School. Okay, well then I'm gonna guess that he's Hoover. Like it's probably But I think but it was like Herbert Hoover High School, so I don't know if it's the oh, same okay. as the I town. Don't, I don't I don't I gotta be honest with you, I know nothing about this. So apparently <laughs> they're not in Hoover this time. They're in Miramar Beach, Florida. All right, okay, I was wrong forget all it, of forget it. I feel like they were always in Hoover. I don't know why they're not in Hoover. The SEC baseball tournament's definitely in Hoover. Um the idea of the NFL model is thrown around. And everybody's like, what the hell is that? Like, what is the NFL model? Well, it's very simple. It's pay for play. That's what it is. The NFL model is that the schools would essentially pay the players. And it would get rid of all of these NIL collectives. And it would get rid of these these shady individuals that coaches like Eli Drinkwitz are trying to scare us about that are involved with NIL, all of that type of stuff. The NFL model would be the school handles all of this, and the school decides how much they're willing to pay the player, and then the player makes the decision as to whether or not it's worth for them or they want to go somewhere else. I My, my first... It's interesting for me when people try to pretend like there's a problem with the current system. And somebody says, well, it wasn't, that's it. This is what we're doing. We're just pretending like we're not doing it because it's not the school that's paying the money, but the school is working with all the people that are paying the money. This was brought up a lot during the Hunter Dickinson um, mm. experience, which was that, you know, what kind of offer is he going to get NIL wise? And, the schools undoubtedly were involved with here's what we can help you find in NIL money in order to make this your decision. So if you're going to do that, if the school's going to be involved, why not just make the school own all of it so that we don't have situations where athletes are saying, well, I was promised this amount of money, but this person didn't come through for me. I was promised this amount of money, but this guy was not trustworthy and... I, now I'm pissed off about it because part of the reason why I came to your school was because I thought I was going to get this amount of money and this person didn't come through for me. Well, if the school is handling all of it, then the school would have the ability to make sure that doesn't happen, right? Like they would govern all of it and they would say, hey, if You're you, gonna get paid. If you want 
you know, whoever it is, Talia Tungavailoa, to show up at your car dealership, we'll take care of that. You pay us, we'll provide that appearance with Talia Tungavailoa, and we'll be the ones that actually pay him the money. It would be, you know, we deal with this in any business. In in radio, for example, sometimes I was just talking with 1057. They're like, hey, we think we have an appearance for you, and we're working on it. Um, I, I love that because it would be money for me, right? Like, I don't care what it is. But at the same time, if if Jiffy Lube called me and said, hey, Glenn, we just want you to come out and appear, I, I there's nothing that prevents me in any contract. I don't have any agreement with Pressbox that says that I can't go do that type of thing. If Pressbox, they uh, had a deal with um, a casino at one point that involved me making appearances. And the casino paid Pressbox, who then paid me. That would be the concept here, is cut out the ability for Jiffy Lube to come directly to Glenn and have all of it funneled through press box. Just project it for athletes who people actually want to have come out and do appearances. Mm-hmm. I I guess my my thought process, I don't care. I like we keep trying to talk about this like it's a problem. I I don't view there being a problem here. Now I can understand that there might be an argument for because I've known these people over the years. Some guy comes up to Roman Hemby and says, "Hey man, I'll give you 40 grand to sign a bunch of footballs for me to, you know, give me your game-worn jersey, all that type of stuff." And that guy and Roman Hemby says, "All right, 40 grand, you got it." But it's just sort of an agreement. It's not really a contract cuz it's just a guy. And the guy's like, "Dude, just trust me." And then the guy comes back and is like, hey, bro, none of that stuff stole, you know, I'll give you $1,000. I'm not going to give you the money I said I was going to give you to begin with. And here you have a younger athlete, and I'm I trust, I'm not suggesting that Roman Hemby is this guy, but you have a younger athlete who's like, oh, what the hell? Like, what the hell just happened here? So there can be an argument for it being a good thing and for there being a system by which the school can set up and say, well, here's what we think the value is and what we think we can get for this person, and we know better than to do business with, you know, Joe Johnson. We know that guy's, you know, not legitimate. Mm-hmm. We know that guy is a fraud. We are not going to do business with them. But wouldn't the players just go around it anyway? Right. Like, like I, I mean this with all due respect. I'm trying to think of what – if. I'm not. If Pressbox said, so "Dude, like, we're going to pay you a hundred thousand dollars a year, and you're going to be exclusive to us, right? Like you're going to be exclusive. We're paying you for your exclusivity." But then I found out from somebody else, like, "Hey, dude, all we're going to ask you to do is like, we we just want I'm trying to think of what 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 it would be. <clears throat> there's this event in D.C. Nobody will know about it. We just need you to come down, make an appearance because there's this guy. He's a fan of yours." Oh, okay. Why would I tell Pressbox about that? Like, yeah, hundred thousand dollars is good money, but I can make more. Like, why would I be opposed to making more? I don't owe anything to them on a Thursday night. I'm just gonna go take the deal. I guess that would be my issue with suggesting that like the NFL model would solve the problem. Right. So is it these schools that these kids go to? The school's gonna have them sign something, basically. It's like you only get become, paid by us. You become like a a contracted employee, which. I, I and I'm not sound bad. I, yeah. Like that's the, I'm in a weird place where I'm not opposed to that. I said this all along. Like the if the if the school is profiting off of the players, th- this has been a fine. We talked about this with Stephen Eigenbrot not that long ago. 
where that is a weird bit for them. Like, they need the NIL collective, but at the same time, they're like, hey, if you're interested in giving money, we would prefer that you give it to the athletic department. Like, it's better for us to... We, we need the NIL collective. That's important. But if you're looking to donate money, we would rather you donate it to the athletic department. So for them to say, let's just take ownership of all of this, and now the money that you're donating to the athletic department can go to whatever, whether it's getting an athlete, whether it's, you know funding for trips and things like that whatever it is that we need we can get the money in and we can handle all of it and we can make those decisions i don't know what the right answer is i feel like the coaches really believed that i don't know what the co- is this a funny part about it? i don't know what the coaches believed like why they have a problem this what is the problem here how is it affecting you is it making the product worse? Does it do, have anything to do with the schedule thing that's kind of going around? Well, the schedule's unrelated. The schedule's, okay. they want to play another conference okay, so game. Those are unrelated. And, and right. those are two different things. Like, there's two different big topics that are going on. Like, if the if does Eli Drinkwitz believe that NIL is the reason why he's not winning the SEC? Like, the fact that some guy that owns a pizza shop can just go approach one of his players, does he think that's the reason why Missouri didn't win the SEC last year? It's not. Like I, nothing is going to create. Gr- I guess. I guess maybe like so. So Saban's in favor of this NFL model. So I guess well, maybe he's thinking Saban right. In favor right well, but he's so, basically running an NFL team anyway. Yeah. Right. Um, I guess he's thinking that it would help with them continuing to. I guess you know get the recruit all the best players, and it would help continue them lock them down. Is it like the players would be signing? They wouldn't be signing like four year contracts, would they? Like the. Like you I think they could. Okay. I think I mean potentially they could. The team, the schools could try to offer that. So I guess I, that would be why coaches to say because they think it's going to keep the transfer portal. Right. And but they hate but how many guys are leaving Alabama that Nick Saban doesn't want to leave Alabama? Like that's the weird part about this. Mm-hmm. I, if you're going, I mean this all due respect. If you're signing up to go to Missouri, I don't know what type of money it would take for you to say yes. I'll lock in for four years so that no matter what happens, I'm stuck here. And if you're I don't think Missouri's in a place to be offering that type of money to someone that they don't know is a sure thing. I, I, I'm, I, this is so weird to me. I think you can do this. I just don't think it's necessary. I think the head, whatever headaches it's caused coaches in, like, well, now we got to talk about NIL money while we're recruiting. Well, now you got to talk about contracts if you go to the yeah. NFL model. What is the difference? I don't think it's necessary. I don't think there's a problem here. I think they're trying to solve a problem that doesn't exist. I think they want to take power back. Yeah. And they don't like feeling as though the power belongs somewhere else. But that's never going to happen again. They'll never have the power. If they believe that pay for play will create a, you know, a contract system and they want to try to force it, now it's going to be up to the players literally to choose they want to unionize and make decisions that matter the same way for the players at Troy as they do for the players at Alabama. This isn't the NFL. In the NFL, everybody's on equal footing. In college football, there's a vastly different situation at Navy than there is at Texas. So I don't know that a union would work. I don't know that all players would agree to it and would say that this is in our best interests. I don't know that the players are opposed to the model that they have right now, which allows them to profit. Mm-hmm. 
and go wherever they want. I have no doubt that some guys have been burnt by certain deals they've done. I have no question that there would be guys that would say, well, if the options for me to get the deals on my own or just to have the school pay me, I'd, I don't know, I'd rather have the school pay me. But I think there would be some guys that would say, I don't know, why do I want to limit myself? I'm not opposed to it because I've never been opposed to the idea of the schools paying the athletes directly and just making them employees. Again, somebody would say at that point, well, wh- why do they have to go to school? They're employees. Like, why, why do they still have to go to class? I don't know what the answer to that is. And that's, that's going to be a yeah, fascinating... That really is going to be fascinating in all of this. Like, is it like that, so? It's like your GPA has to be three, or like I don't. I, I that might even be high. Yeah, like I don't know I don't what know. the what the. I don't know. Um, but yeah, look, that's we'll, we'll see how it all unfolds. Is that's been the big topic down at the SEC meetings this week. All right, let's get a tidbit. Tidbit right. is brought to you. God, Yannick Center gets the break back. Gets back on, and now he's down. He's down. <laughs> Sorry, I shouldn't be doing shows during the French Open. I can't. Um, all right, Tidbit is brought to you by A.J. Michaels, expert and award-winning. A.J. Michaels, heating, A.C., plumbing, and home performance will improve your home's energy efficiency and comfort levels. A.C. season is here. New rebates and discounts are available. More at ajmichaels.com. All right, so George Kirby last night. Big uh, big start for the Mariners. He became the first New York-born pitcher to throw six scoreless innings in his first game in his first career game against the Yankees. Uh, since Hall of Famer, who did this? 1919? 1919? Yeah. Christy Matthewson. <laughs> Wait Hoyt. Oh, sure. That was my George, next guess. George Kirby won eight innings uh, scoreless against the Yankees as the Mariners beat uh, beat the Yankees last night in extras. Um, but, yeah, so that was just, just funny. I thought, I thought okay. you might appreciate that one. Yeah. New York-born do, pitcher to do it against the New York Yankees. I mean, sure. I'm, a, I'm always in favor of guys <laughs> you know, kicking the Yankees' ass. Kyle Schwarber had a very interesting May. He had 10 hits in the month of May. And, like, none were singles, right? Seven of those 10 hits, home run. Yeah. yeah. Which is, I mean, he becomes the seventh player in MLB history uh, and the first since this guy did it in 2008 to have 70% or more of his hits come via the home run with a minimum of 10 hits. You're not going to get it. Hang on. Okay. 2008. Chris Carter? No. It's Cody Ross. Oh, I don't remember Cody Ross was at all. A, was he a Padre? Wasn't he a Ravens kick returner? Oh, was that Corey Ross? <laughs> yeah. Was that Corey? Cody Ross. You can look up Corey. I'll look up Cody. Yeah, right. I think, it, I think the Ravens had a Corey Ross. Uh, I want to say he was from Nebraska. Corey Ross, Ross was the boss. indeed from Nebraska. He was undrafted, and eh, he was an undrafted rookie. Ross became the kick returner for the Baltimore Ravens in 2006. I nailed this. My, um, my Cody was never a Padre. I was completely wrong. And he, he was, was with them. He was with year. them again in 2007. Uh, 2007, they were bad. So I kind of blocked out most of 2007. But 2006, of course, at the time was the best season, in, best regular season in Ravens history. We just like to try to ignore how that season ended, pretend like it never happened. Uh, the Orioles, they did win despite you know the poor end, end to the month of May. Uh, the Orioles did win their 30, they won 35 games before mm-hmm. June 1st with their win on Tuesday over the Cleveland Guardians. It is the second time ever in franchise history that the Orioles have reached 35 wins before June 1st. They also had 36 wins in June, uh, before June in 1997. How and about that? that they were good. They went wire to wire. And so I want, so my favorite bit uh, uh, that I like to do, obviously, the lineup. 
Can you name the lineup of that 36th win? It was May 31st. It was uh, also an 8-5 to win over Cleveland okay. uh, in May 1997. See if you can get the lineup here. I'm not going to be able to do it in order, but I'm yeah. assuming Brady. Brady was leadoff. Yeah. Alomar. Alomar was batting second. Went three for three. Home run. Palmero. Palmero was batting third. Now you have to. I mean, now you have to. There's no chance because this the <laughs> batting fourth. Mm-hmm. You can tell you what position he Shut. played. Okay. Bonilla. Not Bonilla. He was not in the lineup. Was he only here in '96? Did he leave before '97? He's only here in '96. Are we still paying him? No, we are not paying okay. him. But we are paying Chris Davis, and <laughs> we'll be for some time. Uh, then would the, oh I don't remember when he came back. Would that have been Murray? No, it was not Eddie Murray. Because he came back in ninety. Oh no, he came back in ninety six. Was he still? Man, this is really hard for me to remember between the ninety six teams and ninety seven team. All right, wait, 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 wait. <sighs> B.J. Serhoff would have been in the lineup. He was in the lineup. He was batting fifth. Fine. Designated hitter. The other question I'm struggling with, when did Eric Davis come back from cancer? Was Eric Davis in the lineup that day? He was not in the lineup. Yeah, because he came back later that season. He did miss, I thought, the start of the season. Uh, Harold Baines? Not Harold Baines. Not in the lineup. Jeffrey Hammonds? Jeffrey Hammonds was in the lineup. He was batting after B.J. Serhoff. Sixth, playing left field. Chris Hoyles? Also homered. Um, not Chris Hoyles. You're going to ask me who the backup catcher was? Yeah, I know. You're not going to give me the catcher. Hang on a second. <laughs> Let me think about it. Lenny Webster? Oh, yes. Okay. Lenny Webster. Batting 167 at this point in the season. <laughs> Did score a run, though. Cut, drew a couple of walks. What the hell would have hit cleanup for that team? Um, I still have three more guys I got to get. Yes, you do. Well, Ripken, obviously. Cal Ripken, he was batting fourth. Playing. Ripken was hitting cleanup? And he was batting He was batting fourth, playing third base. He did a, hit a home run his ninth of the season. That's the goofy part is that <laughs> Ripken was hitting cleanup. No, I, I knew it was in the lineup, but hitting cleanup, is, that's a bit much. Bordick. Bordick was playing shortstop, batting ninth. <sighs> and so I Even Bordy hit a, bo- hit a bomb. Well, I, I mean, know. that is... <laughs> So I'm batting missing, seventh, playing right field. Playing right field. Uh, uh, I don't know. I don't know. Tony Tarasco. Oh, Tony Tarasco. Who also homered. Well, of course, you know why Tony Tarasco, what his famous moment in Orioles history is. Uh, what is that? He was the Jeffrey Mayer. He was the Oh, that he was. Mm. Yep, he was the outfielder when, yep, that was Tony that Tarasco. That was Tony Tarasco. I tried reaching out to him um, one year around the anniversary, and he did not want to come on. Really? He had no interest in talking about it. Must be enjoying life. That's fine. I was like, all right, yeah. man. I mean, good for, yeah, I, 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 whatever, whatever. That was very interesting. On the do. hump was Mike Johnson. Who? Mike Johnson. I don't remember Mike Johnson at all. He is in his baseball reference picture. He is in a Montreal cap. Yeah, he played 1997 with the Orioles. He made only made five starts. This was one of them. Uh, And then he was traded to Montreal, and then he had a five-year career with Montreal. Mike Johnson. I don't remember. I have I have zero recollection. I mean, five starts. I guess that makes sense. I have zero recollection of Mike Johnson as an Oriole. 
All right, very good. That one was one that's way more in my wheelhouse that because it was wheelhouse. a good team. <laughs> like when right, they're bad right. teams, it's it's almost Name impossible. Name the 2008. Uh, yeah, right. Like, well, the 2008 wouldn't have. Been, I still would have known. In eight, four, three. What would those rosters be? No, nah, even eight. I guess in hindsight would have been tough because eight would have been when they got Adam Jones. Yeah, so Tahada was still around. Yeah, I mean, I probably would have been okay with 08. Ty Wake was Ty Wake. Now, do you want me to pull up a random 2018? No, I don't. I really maybe for tomorrow. <laughs> Maybe, or next week when I've forgotten about it by that point. Maybe we do that then. All right, Tubular is brought to you by your local Toyota dealer and buyatoyota.com. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a range of models and trim lines, so you can choose the perfect Tacoma to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. Orioles are off tonight. NBA Finals Game 1, Heat Nuggets, 830 on ABC. French Open coverage continues. Francis TFO is in action right now on the Tennis Channel, but they're sticking with uh, Yannick Center, who's about to lose. MLB Network, Phillies, Mets, 1 o'clock. Rockies, Diamondbacks at 4. FS1, Angels, Astros at 8. The Women's College World Series is underway right now on ESPN from down in Oklahoma City, Tennessee, Alabama, followed by Oklahoma, Stanford. Then Florida State, Oklahoma State at 7. Washington, Utah at 9.30. Round 1 of the Memorial on the Golf Channel uh, gets underway at 2 o'clock and Access TV for Impact Wrestling at 8. Some non-sports highlights? Uh, actually, not really. I mean, the Scripps National Spelling Bee on Ion. Uh, the finals are Whatever Ion is. Yeah, whatever Ion is. And then Paramount Plus, uh, iCarly Season 3 uh, is coming out on, sure. on Paramount Plus. Sure and then, it is. Last week uh, that that we I don't know if you even mentioned it but the Kardashian season three ah. came out on Hulu last oh. week. There were posters for this everywhere. If over you say Los so. Angeles, if was, you say that, right. yes, yes, they wanted they were pushing Kardashians hard. All right, very good. Uh, thanks today to Drew Forrester. Thanks to Garrett Stallings and Reed Wiseman. That was awesome. We'll get all of it up in the greatest hits section of the. Oh my God, it's so good. Tab at GlennClarkRadio.com. Stands in studio tomorrow. Yes, a- yes he is. Anything. <laughs> Stuff and things. All right. Been a rough week. Rough week. It was holiday week. Yeah. Griffin was on vacation. Been a rough week. Thanks, everybody, at Pressbox. That's true. I am. I do love Reed Wiseman. That was awesome. Thanks, everybody, at Pressbox. All of our great sponsors and partners. AJ Michaels, Glory Days Grill, Royal Farms, Costa Sin, All-American Lacrosse, Birdland Sports, your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com. Thanks to Griffin at Griffin underscore Bass. Follow us, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Glenn Clark Radio. Should we stay here so you can call the end of the match? I don't want to call it. I just... I, I like there's a part of me that just wants it to be over already. You didn't see the last point. Um, uh, what, uh, Altmaier had a sitter. He just needed oh, to finish man. a smash, and he hit it right back to center. And so like it should have been over then. Now he's got another break. This this match is infuriating. All right, have a great have a great Thursday night. I don't I don't care. Go whoever in the NBA Finals. I really don't care who wins. Uh, I have no. Jimmy Butler and I love Jimmy yeah. Butler, but like you know, Michael Malone's a Loyola guy, That's so true. I yeah. should probably root for them because they pay me. So like, but Hayward Highsmith's a Baltimore kid on the Heat roster. What go? So you make your official predictions. Oh, Nuggets in five. Okay, yeah, so that's absolutely. just everyone. That's whatever. John Little Rock's Nuggets in five. I'll go Heat in seven. Make okay. it fun. Look at you. Get, make it look fun. At you. You want to put a little side bet action on it? <laughs> so like. If it's not that, then yeah. If it, well, I mean, you've got or, the Heat. I've got like, the Nuggets. Is it a push? If okay, okay. yeah, yeah. All right. Well, what, you say the Heat are going to win the series. I say the Nuggets are going to win the series. What, do we, what should we? What do we do? Um, I'm not sure. I'm not. I really don't know. I yeah, haven't I seen know. anything. There's nothing. Is there? A, um, is there? A, all right. Whatever. Forget it. Forget it. We tried. Okay. We we tried. Um, we can do make it a singing bet. If uh, if right. the Heat win, I've got to perform Miami by Will Smith. And if the Nuggets win, you do uh, Rocky Mountain High. All right. Okay. All right. All right. 
Or uh, or what's that? Uh, Spent the last year Rocky Mountain Way. Isn't that a yeah by Joe Walsh? You do Rocky Mountain Way by Joe Walsh. Okay, I mean right. I know Rocky Mountain High better, but fine. No, I guess I gotta learn. No, so now I gotta we'll learn. Rocky so I gotta lose and learn a new song. Rocky Mountain Way. I do not know that song. Right. Yeah, it's a great one. All right, very good. Uh, go nobody. Duke sucks. <laughs>